of tyranny, always comes one to wrong the unrighteous. Such a one was Zorro. It's an all-new, all-nude, lewd and lascivious Zorro. It's entertainment ventures, masterwork of adult exposition, the erotic adventures of Zorro. Matinee Zorro this. Here is a Zorro with balls. The intrepid team that brought you Trader Horny now brings you a fantastic motion picture with something for everyone. Killing. Rape. Spectacle. Comedy. Sex. Flamenco dancing. Perversion. Horseback riding, torture, lesbians, sword fighting, naked girls, entertainment, all in the audacious, outrageous, the erotic adventures of Zorro. They're all here to thrill you anew. Parental guidance recommended. Have your parents guide you to this theater. To see the erotic adventures of Zorro. Adios, Commandante. The first adult movie rated Z. The erotic adventures of Zorro. That's uh, fantastic. It's funny because it's true. Ah, that's wonderful. I'm going to put that in our promo kit. The Rick Emerson Show features excitement, laughter, rape, flamenco dancing, horseback riding, and entertainment. Ah, excellent. It is uh, 16 minutes and 18... 16 minutes. 6 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of July, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and flamenco-filled studios of AM 970. The talker, this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. Uh, it is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. Here's your uh, telephone number if you would like to join us today, and why wouldn't you? With an introduction like that, why would you not? Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. For your comments, questions, clarifications, two cents, kvetches, uh, what have ye? 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie Bristol, who looks bad, by the way. Rich, you look terrible. Rich, Rich, he looks like he slept in a ditch last night. I, I think he doesn't remember what he did last night. No. He, he Richie looks... I mean, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what makes him look so horrid today. Uh, it's just... Shout out for the league. Or someone. It's just... It's, it's sort of just an aggregation of various things that are wrong with him this morning. What time do you get it today? 10.55? Something like that? All right. Uh, so if you'd like to call me, make Richie's day just a little bit brighter... Uh, here's how you do it. He is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd, or the just plain unclassifiable. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right, it is uh, Tuesday. Here's what's coming up today. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will uh, join us this morning. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. 
uh, as well. Uh, we will. We got to the Gretchen Bonaduce thing uh, yesterday. Both her the, that YouTube pitch she did for a reality show, and then her terrible song as well. So that was half of the worst songs we had set aside yesterday. Uh, today we'll try to get to the other half. Let's see. Uh, we will continue our sound clip inventory today. Uh, penis watch coming up today. Snuff watch coming up later. A snuff watch I didn't even know about. I didn't even know about it until I walked in here today, and you guys told me about it. Uh, so we got a snuff watch coming up today. It is. It's kind of a downer, and one that I wouldn't have expected because I didn't think she was that old. I thought she was. Um, now, this is somebody that everyone is going to be bummed about, I think. It's uh, a part of everyone's childhood. Uh, in any event, so uh, it, it, so we'll get to that. Uh, we, what else? Uh, Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, Byron Beck from the Willamette Week will join us in the studio later on. Uh, somebody wants advice about the 1970s. Uh, so we'll get to that. Let's see what else. A uh, whole pile of other things. And uh, we will talk more about Richie Bristol's impending trip to Las Vegas. And Sarah, Brist Sarah Bristol. Wow. Sorry. That's a that's a <laughs> that's something you never want to hear. <laughs> wow, I don't know why I just conflated those two things. Yeah, let's oh, just move forward. Richie Bristol's trip to Las Vegas, Sarah Dillon's trip uh, to Bremerton uh, for your ten-year high school reunion, uh, which is coming up this. So this weekend, let me understand. So this weekend, Tim will be here uh, in Portland doing nothing uh, and avoiding yeah. all human contact. Richie, as much as possible. Richie will be. Doing the opposite of that, Richie Bristol will be in uh, Las Vegas taking in some of their fine adult entertainment. Uh, you will be, Sarah, in Bremerton at your high school reunion, uh, and then I will be in Kennewick wishing I were dead. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting weekend for everybody. So we'll talk oh, more yeah. about that uh, and uh, whatnot. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Pow! Bam! Zap! Batman is questioned about slapping his mom and sister around in London. He is afraid to go see the premiere of his motion picture, though. A man is sentenced for setting his friend's crotch on fire. And one of the Golden Girls passes away. Just one reporter is on hand to greet John McCain as he arrives in New Hampshire. Miley Cyrus is gunning for a role in a racy film. And beachgoers sunbathe beside the bodies of dead gypsy children. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Tim. All right. You're welcome. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello. How are you today? Hello. Crazy in the air. I'm doing well. Second we, day in a row. We um, worked on our soapbox derby car all yesterday, and it's coming together. Now, I won't reveal exactly what it is, but you told me the general theme, the general look you're going for. Yes. And, you and I believe it, it sounds like when I say it, you, you, it's something you have to see, because when we come up with a concept, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be as funny. But as soon as now we've started putting it together, it looks great. And you haven't figured out quite, you haven't really nailed down the theme within the theme yet. We haven't, yeah, we haven't nailed the theme within the theme, but we have our thing that we're doing, and there's definitely a lot of progress happening. Excellent. Especially since we kind of got a late start this year, so. When um, is the soapbox derby happening? It is Saturday, August 16th, free for all. There's also drinking permits, so you can bring your own beer up there, Fantastic. and have the time of your life watching me wheel down a hill in a plywood box. In a big fiery ball of wooden death. Indeed. Is it for boys and girls of all ages? It sure is, Tim Riley. It's fun for a boy and a girl, Tim. All right. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, how was your evening last night? It was good. That was about it. Just did that and then, um, yeah, lots of gluing and sanding and stuff. So that was pretty exhausting. I got like nine hours of sleep last night, too, which makes me feel a little off kilter. I'm not used to getting that much sleep. Excellent. But other than that, I'm feeling very well. How great was that Erotic Adventures of Zorro trailer we just played at the top? Have he you seen the Erotic Adventures of Zorro? No, I've only seen the trailer. Really, once you've seen the trailer, what else is there? I mean, why do you really need to see The trailer has everything you want, Sarah. It's got adventure, rape, flamenco dancing. 
the thing is, the, the thing is, how rape is second too. I think only behind. I think only after like sword fighting or something before horseback riding. Uh, I have this whole. It's, it's, I'll bring it in so you can actually watch the full trailer. Uh, I have this DVD at home of just. Just awful trailers. Some of it is like 70s sort of slasher film stuff. Uh, and then a lot of it is like they're trailers for these sort of theatrical softcore films from the 70s. And they're all terrible slash hilarious. And as soon as I saw that one, I knew it screamed out to be on this very fine radio program. Um, all right. It, well, before we do anything else, let's talk just a little bit more about, about Richie Bristol. And who... I want to know what happened. I need to know the story. But, I mean, has everybody sort of seen him this morning? I have. I mean, it's like he's kind of puffy-eyed and dirty. He just—he he just looked—he looked as though he had just been uh, put through like the spin cycle on a rock tumbler or something. Maybe we should bring him in. All right. Uh, hello, Richie Bristol. Can you join us in the studio, please? Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today's a good day already. That's ah, wonderful. Hey, Rick, right. how does my microphone sound? Does it sound okay? Sounds fantastic. All right. All right. Uh, is Richie walking into the? What is wrong? Did you Dude, get punched in the face? Is something. What is it? What is up with you? Okay, hold on. Let me just. Let's just do the stop. Let's just top to bottom here. A, your hair is sticking out in all all directions and is bad and looks breezy and whatnot. Your face looks puffy. Your shirt. You gotta at least do one of those buttons. You gotta. You can't have that unbuttoned all the way down. I don't wanna. We'll see your man bosom. Um, <laughs> oh God, you're, you, your voice is like three octaves lower than it normally is. Are you wearing Crocs and no socks? I'm wearing socks. All right, I got new Crocs. All right, uh, boy, you sound bad. And then Richie, just as he came into the studio, you missed this where you were sitting probably. He just pulled up his his pant leg and showed me what is it? Your left leg? Yeah. And you got a huge like gash down the front of your left leg. Don't they call him like a raspberry or something? How did that happen? I fell. What happened? What did you do last night? Oh, yeah, last night I played, uh, we had a softball game mm -hmm. against K2. Who oh. won? And the umpire, he, I was like right there by the backstop, and he goes, best show ever. And I went, what? Excellent. His name's Jeff. He's the umpire. Cool. He's listening. Hi. Anyway, uh, yeah, I fell on my face. It doesn't really sound like it would explain the rest of no. the way you looked at it. <laughs> what happened after the game? Uh, went home. I feel like we're missing pieces to the story somehow. I watched uh, Knocked Up. Watching a Judd Apatow film doesn't make you look this way. <laughs> I slept in. It's the mustache, I'm telling you. I feel like there's still segments of this tale that are not being told. <laughs> Did you told. drink last night? Uh-uh. That's a lie. You, you sound awful. I mean, no offense, and you look terrible as well. <laughs> Don't take any of this personally. You look, you look bad today. Come on, Richie, let's just I think get it, it out. everything I ate yesterday. You kind of look like something the cat threw up. I yesterday mean, was one of those bad days of eating. I'll tell you that one. Is it just now? Is this just maybe like kickback from all of the squid and the whatever the bacon that you were shoving into your face all day? And the box of sausages. You didn't have, you didn't have any, the box of cinnamon rolls. Were you, were you here yesterday? Hot dogs. Tim, were you here? Wow, were you here yesterday when Richie ate an entire box of sausages? I don't think I was here for the sausage. Oh, it was it was really wonderful. Bacon salt. I just went on a spray and ate bacon salt on everything oh, yesterday, including right. cinnamon rolls. You put bacon salt in a cinnamon roll. It was breakfast. It's kind of <laughs> sure. Why not? All right. So you didn't have anything to drink last night. No. Boy, that. I mean, here's the thing. You probably should have. I mean, if you were going to look and feel like this anyway, you might as well you should have just gone the whole nine yards did and you, just gotten all liquored up. Did you have one of your all night like video game session things? Is that what happened? No. What time did um, you go to bed? I was cooking. I started cooking egg rolls. I mean, uh, cinnamon rolls <laughs> at like two in the morning. And these are the type that r you have to let rise for an hour and a half. Uh huh. 
and then you have to put the stuff in it and the frost. I mean, it was work. You seem like you're about to keel over. It was a lot of work, and I only made like six of them. And then you ate all of them? <laughs> yeah. So it's like an hour and a half to make at 2 o'clock in the morning? That's just to you... rise the dough. So you made cinnamon rolls and you're eating them at like 4 o'clock in the morning? With bacon salt? Yeah, I was a pretty late. What so. time did you get to bed? 419. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, all right then. All right. Thank you, Richie. Okay. I'll let you go back. At... You go recuperate. Well, that's wonderful. There's all something right. missing from that story. Uh, yeah, but you know what? At this point, I don't even really care. He's not really... going to give it up. I don't care enough to drill about it. Uh, let's see. I got two things. Hey, Tim, do you have this thing about fish that eat your scaly skin? I don't. Somehow I missed that. Okay, I've got that. We'll get to that. Uh, let's see. I got this great thing from somebody about watching the mist. Uh, let's see. And I. Uh, all right. So we'll, we'll get to these uh, thoughts that I had last night. I had that whole thing going on last night, though, where I was sitting there and I was watching TV, and I fell into your thing, Sarah. Of, I was sitting there watching infomercials, and it was again the infomercial for the Magic Bullet, which is the one that I always just get sucked into because it it's one of those infomercials that has a whole setup that makes no sense, where there's a bunch of people that just wake up and there's like a whole British family in their house for no readily apparent reason and for whom they have to make breakfast. So, which reminds me of that thing yeah. about the shark. The shark vac. Which you sent me, which I still haven't seen. And I watch a lot of infomercials, and I haven't seen oh, that one yet. Oh, it's genius. And it went on forever and ever and ever. And there were, um, the, you know, different textures of floors. And, you know, at the end, you can get not one but two for half the price. But, I mean, it's just a vacuum, right? I mean, is there anything Oh, no. Sort of... Rick, it is so much I'm more sorry, than I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't no, mean it can to pick insult up all, it. It can pick up confetti. It can pick up um, that temp- tempestuous dog hair and uh, nuts and bolts that you might happen to spill on your carpet and it was the most ridiculous thing and it, and it was all hosted by a guy who looked like a white owl roker is the really is the it's pretty distracting. is it a stand-up vacuum or is it like a like a little handheld okay. vacuum so not only is it a vacuum but oh, it also I'm has sorry. this thing where you can do it on you know wooden floors and carpets but also it bends in half to get under those hard to reach areas so it kind of the tube kind of poof, like that and you can get it right underneath it without having to hurt your back so it's sort of a super vacuum it sure is hey here's a question speaking of vacuum cleaners I don't mean to turn it to Andy Rooney, but whatever happened to the dustbuster? That was a thing that we all deemed absolutely necessary and useful for about nine years, and then, like nobody has that anymore. My parents still have it. Really? Uh huh. Do they have? But is it like a new one? I use the dustbuster to like clean up my car. Is it from back in the day? It's not a new one though. Do they even sell new dustbusters anymore? Oh yeah. Tim, do you have a dustbuster? I do not. See, the, the small handheld vacuum cleaner seems like a thing that we were all really into for a while. But I can't remember the last time that I went to somebody's house and they had a dustbuster around. I mean, I, I think I if you attachable part of my vacuum that comes off, I can use steroids. See, maybe that's it. Maybe they've just maybe they've started compensating for the maybe they just started the, the regular like the stand up like the Kirby Vacuum Company or whatever. Maybe they just started building the handheld vacuum into the regular vacuum. You know, because otherwise, because the dustbuster was sort of taking their market share. It doesn't seem doesn't seem like a, that's a thing you see advertised much anymore. All right. So the Shark Vac is great. It has superior cleaning on all surface types. The no touch dust cup. Are you just reading this off their website? Yes. Let's you empty dirt at the push of a button. All right. It looked very good. Can you find the information? Is it on YouTube? Is there, um, so, is there... just, I wouldn't even know what section to play because it just goes on and on and on. And it has this dumbest girl who's like a little sidekick. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you can pick up all those things. It's really ridiculous. Excellent. And Heather and I were hypnotized. We watched it for 40 minutes. We hold the awesome power of the American infomercial. Amen to that. Uh, all right. Hey, here's a phrase that nobody ever uses. I'd like to supersize this vagina, please. There you go. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Here's an email. Rick. I've been meaning to watch The Mist for some time after having heard you and Sarah discussing it on the air, and last night I finally did. 
It left me feeling as though my soul had been violated with a rusty cheese grater. Thanks so much for that. To add to it, my wife, who watched it with me, opened my lunchbox this morning only to find a massive spider inside, which promptly scuttled away under the fridge, no doubt to triple in size and wait for me to go to sleep. Good times. Jim and Tualatin. Thank you, Jim. Glad you enjoyed it. Uh, let me read this awful story, uh, then we'll get some phone calls, uh, then we'll break it. We, uh, we still got to talk to Richie at some point today, uh, fatigue or not, about A, uh, his upcoming trip to Vegas, and B, all the grooming uh, that he's going to be doing for that. Um... And then I have a little upcoming trip news uh, of my own uh, to discuss. So we'll, we'll get to that here in just a, uh, just a skosh. This is from uh, the Associated Press, Dateline, Alexandria, Virginia. Ready for the latest in spa pampering? Prepare to dunk your feet in a tank of water and let... I'm just reading this from the story now. Prepare to dunk your feet in a tank of water and let... Tiny carp nibble your dead skin away. Fish pedicures are creating something of a splash in the D.C. area, where a Northern Virginia spa has been offering them for the past four months. John Ho, who runs the Yvonne Hair and Nail Salon with his wife, said 5,000 people have taken the service so far. He said uh, he wanted to come up with something unique while finding a replacement for pedicures that use razors to scrape off the dead skin. Razors have fallen out of favor with state regulators because of concerns about whether they're sanitary. Now, the ped egg isn't razors, is it, Tim? Is it like pumice? What is the pet egg? No, it's like a potato grater. So it's not... Grater? But it's not like... It's not metal, though. It is metal. It is? It, it, it has plastic cover and metal underneath. Presumably, it's a thing that only one person would use. You wouldn't You wouldn't share it from... Per, you wouldn't share your pet egg with anybody else, would you? I might if you wanted to. Well, I suppose. Oh. If you it out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He was skeptical at first about the fish, which are called Gararufa, but typically known as Dr. Fish. He says he doubted they would thrive in the warm water needed for a comfortable foot bath and didn't know if customers would like the idea. Customers, though, seem to like it. So the deal is you put your feet in the, you put your feet in the tank and tiny carp come by and, quote, nibble the calluses off your feet. Tracy Roberts says, I've been an athlete all my life, so I've always had calluses. This was the first time somebody or something got rid of my calluses completely. First-time customer Kenin Reese, 32, of Washington, described the tingling sensation created by the fish. It feels like your feet have fallen asleep, she said. After 15 to 30 minutes in the tank, customers then get a standard pedicure, made easier by the soft skin the fish have left behind. There you go. I never want to hear that story again. Uh, I'm just saying. I like to share these things with the people before they sort of, I can't know, wait for the infomercial. Before they, before they get into the popular culture. Uh, two other small notes. Uh, then we'll get uh, these calls. Then we'll take a break. Um, so Chris Paddock shared something with me this morning that echoed an experience I had the other day. Apparently there is a, apparently there's an online service or a website or something, and the service is called WhoRepresents.com. I think is it. It, it just lets you know who like who the management company for a celebrity is. So like if you want to book an actor or a musician or whatever, it tells you like who who their people are basically because you can't just. You know, you can't just email, like, Gene Simmons directly. you got to, like, find his folks. And so it's a company called Who Represents. And so he sends this thing to Paddock saying, uh, this Marconi sent this thing to Paddock saying, hey, we had to take care, we had to take advantage of this great service called Who Represents. Except the way that he typed it out, it was just <laughs> whorepresents.com. So it looked exactly like whorepresents.com. And so I guess Paddock came back and he's like, Marconi, what... What are we doing with this whorepresents.com company? It does look like whorepresents. Exactly like whorepresents. 
It is, in fact, Who Represents. Paddock thought it was Whore Presents, which reminds me of something that I saw on a bus board here in Portland, Oregon, uh, just the other day, which is one of, it's like some local, I think it's like a PSU thing where they're offering some sort of writing class or some sort of class in how to be a journalist or whatever. And the, the website is thepenismightier.com. Except the way that it's illustrated in the bus board and the color scheme makes it look exactly like the penis mightier. That's what it looked for. For the I swear to you that like the first five times I was behind a bus and I was like the penis mightier. <laughs> well, I mean it's true, but what does it mean? Uh, in fact, the pen is mightier, not the penis mightier, and not poorpresents.com. Oh, and Chris Paddock told me that Run Joey Want Run was not the theme for Run Joe Run. So the so the song by the Kazanitz Cats Bubblegum Orchestra, yeah. uh, Quick Joey Small, is not the theme no, song. Run Joey Run is not the theme for Run Joe Run, the television program from the seventies. Well, now I don't even know which song. Are you talking about the one that I played or the one that the, that the caller was singing? The one that the caller was singing. Okay. Which we agreed to. Well, so I didn't. We need a segment for Chris Paddock says. <laughs> Chris Paddock's music corner. Well, I thought the daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. That's he means so much to me. Okay, but the, the, I didn't ever thought that was about the dog. That's about that's a girl. Well, we said we said yes. We agreed that that was. Well, we didn't correct the caller. No, but see, I thought we got to be careful here because we're just going to spin off into another weird flying the clapper <laughs> flying eye. <laughs> it's laying over there on the floor, abandoned. Let's take alone. some phone calls, shall we? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Well, you were talking about uh, dust busters, and while I, while I don't own a buster, I do own a dirt devil uh, alike. And uh, and when I was buying them or going out shopping for one, I saw that Dyson makes like some hundred and fifty dollar version. So this is crazy. And the dirt devil is that one? It's like it's a, it's a plasticky red thing with like then the red bag on the end of it. Well, they do make that. That's like the classic version. I have just a solid plastic version. It's very uninteresting, but I was thinking that. <laughs> but I was thinking the Dirt Devil or the Dyson making a hundred and fifty dollar version handheld back is more interesting than that. Yeah, I it's it just it's, there's also another big company that gives you a free one of those too if you buy a vacuum. Yeah, I've seen a yeah. lot of you know now that now that you mentioned it, uh, Tim, I've seen a lot of those stand up vacuums that have the sort of smaller vacuum built into the handle. Yeah, the Dustbuster's a thing that never existed, and then one day Black and Decker came out with it, and we all went out to buy them on the same day. The entire country went to the store to oh, buy yeah. a Dustbuster, which you then left. Try and here's the thing about the Dustbuster: there's a that over time. Um, it, like it would just sort of like it would lose all of its suction power. I don't know whether it stopped holding a charge, or it's whether probably the filter. Yeah, something like that. So it's Oric that gives you a free one. All right, thank if you. You buy sir. one of the stand-up. Thank packs. you. You know, maybe with all that money, David Oric could find somebody to fix that speech impediment of his. What do you think, huh? Sure. I'm David Oric. But he gives you a free iron too. <laughs> David Oric gives you an iron. Yeah. Do you ever see a company where you buy something and then as a gift they give you something that has no relation to the original product and makes no sense at all? You know what I mean? Which if you buy this waffle iron, you'll also get this garden weasel. I mean, it's just two things that make clearly there was just a guy looking around the warehouse trying to figure out what else he could give to you as a bonus to induce you to buy the thing. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. What an action packed hey, for a segment oh. this is. How can I help you, sir? Uh, hey, Rick, it's CJ. Hello. Um, I wanted to let you know that I thought you might find this interesting. I was checking my Wired magazine news feed this morning, and yes, there was a headline that said, Zombie microbes found at the bottom of the ocean. 
Which ocean? Our ocean? Well, they just said ocean, and I, I kind of, I didn't have time to really look at it, but it looked like they found microbes uh, on the ocean floor that made so much energy that the scientists declared them that they might as well be undead. Well, this is it. It's time to get to a Costco, sir. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, Tim. Yes. Um, did you? How'd you like that mask that I uh, dropped oh, off for you? No, no, no. Tim hasn't received that yet because I wasn't able to bring it because I didn't. Uh, I haven't given it to him today. It's sitting in my office as we speak, sir. Oh, okay. I'll be Never giving mind. that to I was going to spring it on him later on today. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. But, but thank you anyway in nah, advance. Yeah, I don't he, know what's happening. He gave you, he brought, he, he, he uh, brought a little, uh, to the Dark Knight premiere, brought a little gift uh, okay. for you that I was going to give you later today because I forgot to bring well, it thank yesterday. Thank you in advance. Okay. All right. I'll okay. be giving that to him in the news hour, sir. Oh, okay. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up? I uh, I used to uh, eat hot dogs at like Home Depot and Lowe's places like, places like that. You used to eat hot dogs at Home Depot? Yeah, they've got those little hot dog stands right out in front. Okay. Well, well, I'm hungry. Let's go to Home Depot and get some of that pork. That's great. You get two by fours, get a hot dog. Um, but there was Woody's hot dog stand, and Woody had a uh, uh, a website called Woody's Hot Dog, but it looked like Woody shot dog. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Do you go to that Woody shot dog site? Uh, all right. I didn't think this call was going to amount to anything. I No offense, sir. I didn't know where we were going to be going from Home Depot hot dogs, but you really made it all pay off in the end. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, one more and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, Rick? What's up? Not much. You were talking about dustbusters. I own one. And it's fairly new. It's probably about a couple of years old. So it's... so. Uh, and, and, I mean, have you noticed the same thing uh, that I noticed with the Dustbuster, where over time the suction power seems to diminish? Yeah, because the battery, like, gets weak and it sucks. All right. Yeah. All right. So it Especially. seems like there's some sort of inherent, like a planned obsolescence almost in that device. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you. No problem. Bye. Apparently that penis mightier thing has also been referenced on Saturday Night Live on the Celebrity Jeopardy thing with, with Sean Connery. So then I have to wonder, like, why is it also on the side of a Portland bus? Like, did that come before or after, or is it just, or is it sort of an inadvertent coincidence? I guess there are no advertent coincidences. I don't even think advertent's a word. We're going to break now. Back after this. Then if they fix it, it's a pleasant surprise. Always assume the worst. Uh... Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here's some things I didn't get to in the opening. We didn't talk about today's hassle with the top five. I didn't come. I didn't tell you this great invention that I came up with. Let's see what else. I didn't tell you the trashiest thing ever that happened to my wife and I last night. Uh, I didn't talk about this les- uh, lesbian dissonance uh, that happened to me when I was at Safeway. Oh, and I didn't reveal to this. Do you know why Richie wears a thong? No. I do. I wish I didn't, but now I know. Oh, I don't want to know. Oh, you're going to know. Here's the thing. Unless you jab at your ears with knitting needles, you're going to find out later on. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. How are you? Hi, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I have a limited uh, time segment here and really? will not be listening later. But your time with us is necessarily finite. Yeah. <laughs> to the thong uh, relation. Yeah. It's one of those things that I didn't really want to know either. I was walking around upstairs. Here's the thing, just a little background. Okay. I won't I won't share the full unyielding horror with you. <laughs> um but so we went to this we did this Dark Knight movie premiere the other night. We we hosted the the Portland premiere of the Dark Knight. And uh, big turnout, lots of folks, great time, whatever. Awesome. And but apparently and somehow I missed it every single time, but apparently Richie uh, w- wore some ladies thong underwear. 
uh, to the event because he's a little bit of a cross dresser and uh, and and but it showed his thong to like seven thousand people. Um, and I think my wife got to got to see it. My wife saw it like three different times. She's like, "Hey, look at this!" And I somehow missed it every single time. It was one of those. You know, or I was just sort of looking in the wrong or right direction, depending on how you how you look at it. Um, but so I was walking around upstairs in the office yesterday, and a woman who works upstairs pulled me aside and said, "Do you know why Richie wears that thong?" And I said, "No," and I really don't. And I was halfway through the sentence of like, "And I don't wish to know," but it was like one of those things where, sort of like when you smell something bad in your fridge and you immediately have to have somebody, "Hey, does this smell rotten to you?" It was like she immediately had to tell me, and now I know, and I wish I didn't. And so the only way that it's going to feel better is to share it with Sarah later. So you will be spared that indignity, though. Phew, okay. couple things. A, did you know that advertent is a word? With an, with an E? Uh, no, advertent as in to drop the I in from inadvertent. Sure. I had no idea because I was talking about something being done inadvertently. And then I was wondering, well, can you do something advertently? You can. Uh, but see, I had no idea. Just like I didn't know, is corrigible a word? That I don't know. See, these are the things that keep me awake at late at night. That I, I don't know about corrigible. All right. Well, we'll figure I it out. I know irregardless. I think you and I have talked about irregardless. Don't even get me started on irregardless. I, exactly. The Northwest is full of people that say irregardless. <laughs> Just like Utah is full of people who say that they are going to bath their dog. Really? I, I swear to God, and it's not like one isolated rube. Uh, if you, 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 in certain parts of Utah, in certain counties of Utah, it is it is it's some sort of weird dialectical tick in parts of Utah where people will they will say they will they will pronounce bathe as bath. So there's a I got to go home and bath before we go to the. Which just I mean it's like it's like how to sound like a redneck 101. Well, that's great because I'm, that someone's actually trying to say bathe anymore and that they're saying it incorrectly on top of that is great. I, I mean, I guess I should give them points for at least knowing how to use the bath at that point. <laughs> but I mean, anyway. Um, hey, so uh, we have a little bit of news to talk about. And then I have a and then I have a, um, a que- I was going to say a personal question, but a, a, a sort of non-news question to ask you about something I'm going to be doing. OK. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, let's talk about this this McCain thing and uh, and liberal mouthpiece, the New York Times. <laughs> So, yeah. so I, clear something up from your journalistic standpoint. The, the deal is that, that Barack Obama wrote an editorial uh, that was published in the New York Times, and then a McCain wrote one that was sort of, well, like a, a counterpoint or something, and the Times told him to get bent, like they weren't going to publish it. <laughs> That's what they said. Exactly, get bent. So, yeah. what is, so I mean, what, why the, what's, uh, the why, right. what's the difference? Well, I can tell you what the New York Times wrote to the McCain campaign. They said, and if you look at these two, it, the, the New York Times is arguing that Barack Obama's op-ed uh, actually did include some new ground, that it, it gave new specifics on exactly where he stands. And he answered charges that uh, that he's kind of changed his position, and he, he gave a few more details. But, of course, he did go on the attack against John McCain in that op-ed. The New York Times argued that John McCain's essay, in comparison, didn't hit any new ground, that it was nothing but a political attack. They didn't say that, but they kind of imply that it really just went after Barack Obama. And and I, I think the real problem, what really kind of uh, turned this kind of match into a giant ball of fire, was the wording that the New York Times editor used in returning this op-ed to the McCain campaign. The editor, David Shipley, who used to work for Bill Clinton, was a Bill Clinton speechwriter, actually. I don't know if he was kind of a Rob Lowe character in the Clinton White House, but you can keep that in your mind. Now in charge of the op-ed page for the New York Times, David Shipley wrote to the McCain campaign and said, 
in all this language that you could tell was carefully worded, it would be terrific to have an article from Senator McCain that mirrors Senator Obama's piece. Then he went on to say the article would have to articulate in concrete terms how Senator McCain defines victory. Then he says, this is the real problem here, it would have to lay out a clear plan, and then he goes on to say timetables and measures for compelling Iraqis to cooperate. Now, of course, Senator McCain says he doesn't believe in timetables, and the idea that New York Times is, they say, demanding that he talk about timetables is just completely political and partisan and showing bias to Barack Obama. And you can parse all these words, but the New York Times said specifically timetables for compelling cooperation instead of timetables to withdraw. Who knows? It, it definitely – I think the New York Times perhaps did cross a line here, but not the line that the McCain camp is accusing them of. Of course, all sides are all over the place on this. Uh, it's a very tricky issue. Well, it doesn't – I mean, it's, look, it's not like the New York Times is alienating a lot of people who are on their side to begin with. I mean, look, <laughs> as, as, Joe Kennedy, uh, as Joe Kennedy once uh, told Peter Lawford, people in Alabama don't read the New York Times, Peter. <laughs> yeah. So, well, in any event. But, and, you the, know, the New York Times really does – you know, you know, CNN makes it. CNN is often accused of, believe it or not, being a liberal. The Clinton News the Network. Clinton, the Communist News Network, as my truck driving brother Brett would say. Um, you know, CNN tries very hard to be, uh, you know, unbiased. I know I do, and, and so, you know, that's that's what we are told. Uh, the bosses at CNN tell us, you know, try to be, you know, fair. And the New York Times is the same way. They say, hey, we, we are fair. We call it like we see it, but we're, we do try to be balanced and treat both campaigns the same. You know, here's a situation that does look like Senator McCain was treated a little bit differently, but the New York Times says they had good reason for it. They say that their, their policy is not to run a response to an op-ed, that they don't generally do that anyway, but the fact that he's a political candidate give, gives him, a presidential candidate gives him extra consideration. Uh, he, I don't know. Who knows? What, what's going on now, though, is, of course, this is fantastic for John McCain. Could not be better. Oh, yeah. With the conservatives, it's great. He's raising money. He just came out with an email uh, that the title of the email I just got was, The Media is in Love with Obama. In fact, he has that quote where McCain said the press has, quote, a bizarre fascination with Obama. Right. And so what this does, this is, it's really a, a very, it's a, like a triple win for McCain because it gives attention to an op-ed that probably wouldn't have gotten much attention because it doesn't say anything new. People are reading it line for line now, getting attention there. It, it has him kind of the enemy of this liberal bastion to conservatives, so that helps him with conservatives. you know. And then third, it sort of dilutes not just the New York Times, but anyone in the media that doesn't seem to be leaning toward McCain. And he can say, oh, well, you know, you're just – you just love Obama. That's why you, you don't see it like I see it, because you are you are transfixed. You have some strange Cindy Brady crush. I don't even know if that's a fair reference on Barack Obama. And, you know, so it, it kind of wipes out the power of the media to do very much this negative against him at all. Well, you sort of, that, at least right now it does that. You know, and if you sort of say things over and over and over and over again, as a, you know, in a <laughs> meme style way, uh, there is a segment of the population that thing sort of just begins to speak along. And, you know, regardless of whether the statement is true or not, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But, I, you know, during... Uh, I think especially the, the, the first uh, the first Clinton administration uh, and the rise of sort of specifically of Rush Limbaugh, there was that sort of phrase, well, the liberal media, which, you know, I, if you were able to do some weird, like a nexus search back to like 1955, 
I think you would see the usage of the phrase the liberal media spiking in around 1994. Uh, it just it, it, it's a thing that phrase, whether it's true or not, that phrase just started to sort of you know it, it got traction as they say. And you're right. So the the more that McCain can sort of position himself as the guy who is being beaten up upon by the big bad media, I mean you know it, it only it only helps him. There was a right. I forget where, and I want to say. I want to say the New York Times, but I might be wrong about this. There was actually sort of an interesting article uh, that I read about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, about the 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 perceived difference between how uh, comedians, comics, comedy writers, etc., are treating McCain versus Obama, mm-hmm. and that this perception that either you you can't make fun of Obama or just the people are choosing not to. And they interviewed a lot of folks, among them uh, John Stewart. Uh, from Comedy Central, and John Stewart said something that it was echoed by a lot of other comics, uh, either as I mean, it's either true or it's just sort of a party line or whatever. But John Stewart said, "Well, you know, the, we ha- we haven't really made fun of Obama because we just haven't found anything funny about him." And mm-hmm. so you've, there's been a, a lot of sort of comics and comedians lately talking about how that they it's true that they feel they don't make fun of Barack Obama, but it's just that they haven't found a hook yet. Uh, they haven't found any sort of anything to grab onto with him. So, you know, worth... Yeah, Conan O'Brien, I think, had McCain on. Is that right? And um, uh... Was it not? And, and he said, hey, you know, we're, we're tired with the old jokes. What else you got? Like, we, we you know, we, we have beat the old right. jokes to death. So, so you know, even they're kind of running out of material necessarily on him. I think the bigger points here are um, in in the one. This is this is good attention in a way for McCain in a week where Barack Obama is trying to hit a, a key area, Iraq and foreign policy. But on the other hand, it's it it still gets back to the point that Barack Obama is really driving the plot line here. Yeah. Not John McCain, and and I don't know where that gets you, but. It's a fact, and now John McCain is playing along with that too. He's happy to just beat up on Barack Obama, but so while he de- he still doesn't have his own storyline quite down yet. And Shipley had that great line uh, to McCain where he said, uh, "We would be pleased though to look at another draft," which is sort of like <laughs> when you apply for a job and they say, "We do not have any openings that fit your qualifications at this time. We will, however, keep your resume on file for 90 days. Please apprise us of any significant changes to your contact information or employment status." And you know what's great, David Shipley on vacation this week. Of course, of course he is. I, although I doubt it's the first pleasant or relaxing one. Hey, I don't know uh, how much time you have, but uh, speaking of going on vacation, so here's the thing. It's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen next week. Uh, But... uh Long story short, my wife is way more adventurous than I am. Uh, you know, I just sort of sit I've at home. Heard and, this. Yeah, I, I kind of just eat fish sticks, and uh, you know. And meanwhile, this fall, she's going to the Amazon, you know, and whatever. So, um, so that's kind of the, right there in a nutshell. That is like the difference, <laughs> both for good and bad, between my wife and I. Is that she is going to Machu Picchu, and I'll be sitting at home like clipping my toenails. So, but next year, sometime, uh, we are strongly considering uh, taking a trip to Russia. Fantastic. Because here's the thing: as much as I'm really not into traveling, when she got me to go to Europe, and I went to I went to Scotland last year and England and whatever, and you know it was okay. I could take it or leave it. But I did, one of the the only place though that I have ever really strongly mm-hmm. felt compelled to see, for reasons that I can't even really quantify or explain, the only country that I've really ever wanted to go visit is Russia. Uh, and probably the idea, the picture of Russia I have in my head is probably completely removed from reality, but that's fine. So at at some point, though, uh, I'm going to sort of hit you up uh, either on air or off for, for some sort of thoughts, advice, ruminations, uh, what have you, about going Absolutely. to Russia. Absolutely. Oh. Russia is so fantastic. Yeah. Yes, that's great. And, I mean, I mean it depends, you know, you've got, the, the, you've got two options. You've got winter or summer. Well, that's that was going to be our first thing is what is the best time to yeah. go because that everything works backward from when should we go. Yeah, it 
depends on what you're looking for, honestly. And any listener who's been to Russia knows, like, you know, if, if you want the Dr. Zhivago, you know, crazy, like, snow experience, you know, it's one way to go. I, I don't know. I think I, I'd go for summer and go for the white nights and, you know, hit hit St. Petersburg when it's beautiful and bright and warm. And, and then you go out to the countryside, you can hit, hit up a little... You know, a little dacha, all that. Yeah. Yeah, because during the winter, it's what they call very, very cold, is it not? Yes, and also very dark. And winter lasts a long time in St. Petersburg, all the way until May, it's cold. Yeah. So, so you know, right. you want to hit, you know, around this time next year or even or June would be, is really nice. All right. So as as we sort of roll forward, I will be uh, sort of drilling you for a little bit of uh, advice about about going to Russia. I love it. I love it. And you can, you can be there, uh, you know, to, to judge the new president for yourself. See, Fantastic. See how, you know, maybe, maybe you get a press badge, see if you get, uh, you know, pushed around a little bit. <laughs> My whole thing Very is, exciting. I really just, here's the thing is we have so many bizarre stories that come into our news desk every day from Russia that at this point, I think my whole goal is just to avoid being shoved into the trunk of a car. <laughs> That's kind of it, and just have having bits of my body mailed back to my relatives as evidence of my, uh, you know, as evidence that they've got me for, you know, like ransom. So right, right, exactly. All right. So, uh, so think on that, and it will we'll talk, we'll talk about we'll it at talk. some point. Great. Okay. All right. Enjoy your day, Lisa. All right, you too. Thank you. There you go, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wow. You know, I get done talking to her, and it's just like I've been sprinting for twelve minutes. Seems like All it. Right. Wow. All right. How are you? Oh, I'm well. All right. I got all of this stuff to get to. Um. Okay, which of these things would you like to hear about or none of them? Uh, we could talk about my brilliant idea for an invention, uh, the trashiest thing ever that I did, uh, lesbian dissonance, or Richie's thong. I want to get Richie's thong out of the way. All right, here's the thing. Do you know why, uh, you know why Richie wears uh, that thong? No, I thought he was just, like, being kooky. Well, you know, it's, that's a little part of it. Richie, uh, this is what he told Sarah Wagner. So Sarah Wagner called her be upstairs. She's like, do you know why Richie wears that thong? And I said, well, he's... He's just that way. Uh, and, and she said, no, no, no. He told me why he wears the thong. And I and already I was, like, in my head, like, backing up, like, no, I don't wish to. And I don't even, uh, yeah, I, I, like, my mind won't even find I mean, it's, it's not, like, the worst thing ever. It's just more than you wanted to know. Apparently, he wears the thong as some sort of a weird notching thing every time he's been with a woman the night before. That's how he, that's how he signifies slash celebrates that he's been with a lady. He puts on the thong. Which I guess is like when you're a mob guy and you hit, you know, you hit somebody, like you put the carnation in your in your in your buttonhole, or like a teardrop on your on your eye. Oh, let you know you whacked a guy. So there you wow. go. Wow. So does he when, have a variety of thongs, or does he always wear the? Is it a special? The I got same laid th- The thong special thong. I got laid thong. Uh yeah. I don't. I don't really. I didn't inquire that 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 far. But apparently that's what he told if Sarah I, Wagner. You know, if I didn't know Richie, I would think that he just makes stuff up all the time. Like when he's just talking about getting laid and you stuff. You know, but but don't you suspect but, that it's all true? No, he does, no, Richie's not a liar. There's just no guile to that to that guy at all. So mm. I strongly suspect, horrifyingly enough, that it is all true. All right. At least we've only seen him wearing it once. Hey, by the way, somebody sent me a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... Uh, awkward domain names that are supposed to mean one thing but really look like something else. Like therapistfinder.com, which does, yes, look like the rapist finder. <laughs> All right. 
Let's take a break. Tim Riley, have you news around the corner? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm dating it every moment. All right. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth with the new news hour after this, my friends. Uh, later on, we'll talk to Cena Radio correspondent James Roop. Oh, we'll talk about today's failed attempt at a top five uh, and more. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Busy downloading karaoke Golden Girls songs. The Rapist Finder. I went. No, anal. Oh. I'm looking. Is analrapist.com. Is it not for an analrapist? Sarah? Um, you seem stunned. Yeah, this. What's at analrapist.com? By which I mean an, an analyst and a therapist. Yeah, I. I can't say. You mean you don't know or you can't say? No, no, I know. I prefer not to say. I'm just, I would just close that window. Okay. TheRapistFinder.com. The, here's another one. Sarah asked me if there were more. How about this one? Uh, I'll just I'll just read these in the order they were sent to me. I just I won't I won't even try to, to, to rank them. What's that? Is Tim's mic even on? All right. Hi there, Tim. Hi there. I can't hear myself. That's it. One of the problems. Would it help if I shouted? Yes. My headphone box still doesn't work. Uh, I sent Matt an email about that. So they will be uh, looking into that. Uh, Too sweet. Um, how about this? There's, um, let's see, um, a site for computer programs to change exchange advice. It is Experts Exchange, except it looks just like Expert Sex Change. So there you <laughs> go. Experts Exchange or Expert at Sex dot com. I love the internet. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, please pay heed to your new God. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. You know, I came in this morning, and there was nothing going on. All of a sudden, everything happened. Yes. Like 50 minutes before the show goes on the air, so I had to start all over again. So I'm trying to sort all these things out by order of importance. And this story is just mystifying. Uh, Christian Bale is reportedly a free man. Scotland Yard said the 34-year-old actor has been released from police custody after turning himself in earlier. He's accused of assaulting his mother and sister Sunday in a suite at London's Dorchester Hotel. He attended the European premiere of The Dark Knight last night in the city. A law enforcement apparently did not bring him in prior to the premiere because they didn't feel that he was a flight risk. Now... This update on it. The reports now say that Christian Bale was arrested for not regular assault, but verbal assault. So apparently, there is such a thing in England as a charge of verbal assault. Well, they're weak. It is Class 4, Class 5. Class 4 is more aggravated than Class 5, an attempt to cause harm. So apparently, uh, Christian... His offense is uh, melting off to his mom. Well, there's a couple things. So, A, it's interesting that they didn't arrest him at the premiere. The, it's funny. The cops say that it was because they didn't they didn't feel it was a flight risk. But clearly, that's where the $158 million opening weekend and the not insubstantial power of Warner Brothers yes. was brought to bear. And I think Warner Brothers probably called somebody and made it very clear that if you arrest, if you arrest this guy as he sink England, yes, seriously, like if you if you arrest Batman outside of the London premiere of this movie, we will kill you all. We will There'll be a new battle of Britain. This one you'll lose. Yeah, we, yeah, we will invade you this time, uh, and uh, and you will be on the losing end of that. Um, See somebody chopping on a cigar. But, but and the other thing is though that uh, some Cecil B. DeMille guy. Um, but the, but the other thing about that is is that. 
it's unfortunate for Christian Bale, who I, I don't think has been accused of. I mean, I don't think he's been charged with anything. No. They let him go. That's but, of right. course, they... Of course, the, 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 the you know the the uh, the police department kind of jerks that they were didn't bother to clarify at the outset that it was for verbal assault. Which I mean, who cares? Uh, all they said was, I mean, all the story. I mean, I was getting text messages about it, everything. It was like Christian Bale charged with assaulting his mom. So of course, you know, he gets his name dragged through the mud for like twelve hours, where everybody thinks he was going after his mom with a tire iron, and then later it was, you know, well, it was really just some harsh language. So I think in the end they must have different standards for things in England, like in the you know because Canada is the same way. You know, you're, you're, you know, you have to act in a respectable manner, otherwise they'll ship you off to a penal colony. But they don't have one anymore. <laughs> you, they have to stay there now and be punished. They can no longer send you to India or Australia. Or here. Uh, so All the religious nuts get sent over here. I think I think Canada has similar laws though about yeah. like being a jerk, uh, you know, and saying that like I think Canada has like. It, 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 I guess you can be a jerk on the street, but, but you can't not be on the a radio. Jerk on radio, well, that's TV. I think that's why Lycus got hauled up yeah. there for that trial at one point because I think Lycus was accused of. Some sort of, I forget what it actually was, but it was something that was sexist, blah, 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 whatever. Hate speech, I think, is right, what it was. Right, there are two candidates, the one on the media and the one for real. Yeah. Away from the media. Yeah. And uh, so he was up there from some hate speech trial, I think, because they showed they said that his program was, you know, whatever, was awful or something. But um, so anyway, so it sounds like that way, that's what they nabbed Christian, uh, Christian Bale for. So this will change again. Well, you kind of wonder what he said to his mom and sister that would actually prompt them to call the cops. You know what I mean? He just seems kind of intense. I could see him being kind of a jerk. I suppose, but I mean, it, I, I think if I had a son slash brother who had just made $180 million or something for a studio, I think I'd give that guy a little leeway. You know what I mean? I don't think you want to. I think you want to keep that guy. Uh, you want to stay in that guy's good graces. Well, you heard. Think. He seems kind of un. He just seems kind of unraveled. Every time he's been interviewed and he talks about Heath Ledger, he spazzes out about it. Like everyone's like, "Oh, do you think that he's got two into his performance?" He's like, "No, goddamn it!" And he would just. Freak out. He seems a little tightly wound. I'll give you that. I wouldn't want to. I mean, as hot as well, he is, I wouldn't want to be near him. Yeah. <laughs> he does seem. He seems. Uh, he seems a little. Um, he seems a little intense and, and glowering. That is certainly true. All right. Uh, let's see. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so our second big story is a snuff watch. Here's your snuff watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Award-winning actress is still getting best known for playing wise-cracking senior Sophia on the NBC sitcom The Golden Girls Has Died. Ma! Just days before she would have turned 85. 78, yes. 64, yes. 81, yes. Now, what are you doing? Reading the obituaries and checking out the people who died younger than I am now. <laughs> Here she is with BR. Well, you know, I'm actually looking forward to spring break this year. College kids, America's best and brightest are coming to town. It'll be nice to get mooned again. All right, you know, the, you know, right now as we speak, Bravo is just in the vault digging up every episode they possibly can find for some sort of a marathon. I would expect about 72 hours of Golden Girls over the next few days. Here are some uh, reminiscences from uh, Rue McClanahan. Estelle was the one I was really the closest to. Uh, back when she was healthy, we we <laughs> I found her delicious and delightful. You know, it, it surprises me. Well, maybe there was. I was going to say it surprised me there wasn't some sort of Golden Girls Deadpool, uh, but something like it probably. Uh, well, you was, never think dead people are going to die. No, she was eighty-four. 
Yeah, 84. She was about to turn 85. Now, see, we were having this discussion during the last break that if, if Estelle Getty is 84, how old does that make, like, B. Arthur then? Because wasn't Estelle Getty the youngest of all the Golden Girls? Yes. I thought because there was, okay, let me just, there was Estelle Getty, Rue McClanahan, B. Arthur, Betty White. Am I missing somebody or is it just the four of them? I believe so. I don't think there's a fifth girl. Uh, so, so if so if Estelle Getty, who was the youngest, is 84, Betty White's around the same age, isn't she? Yeah, maybe. See, but now I don't even know. Maybe Estelle, maybe Estelle Getty. Because I remember, didn't they make her look older for that role? I think so. Yeah. Isn't it? I think when Estelle Getty was on the Golden Girls, I think they they put eight old age makeup on her. Uh, because yeah, she... it, it took her 40 years to get a starring role in 40 years. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. There's hope for all of us, yes, Tim. There is. 40 years. <laughs> Um, because there was there was some talk about that at the time that it was you know you had uh, you had Betty White and B. Arthur especially who were who were you know TV vets and they were like there's no there's no escape from Betty White no she's she, still on TV like every two minutes promoting something you know the, the thing about Betty White is uh, you know I know that uh, the age takes its toll and so forth I would say this I'd say that Betty White is still sexy in a weird way she's got like a, like the vibe at least she's if got you look past the wrinkles and, and, and the liver spots I suppose and the hair the folding. Uh, the uh, but uh, I would say that Betty White still ha- it helps that she has a mouth like a truck driver. Yeah. But the, but there was some oh, talk. You knew she, she'd slap you right across the face even today. Oh, absolutely. She said something wrong to her. You know, you go to her house and it's probably just rows of you know the bottles of whiskey and boxes of cigars everywhere. Um, but I think at the time when Golden Girls premiered, there was there was some there was you know some sort of talk about not in a bad way, but just that it was interesting that you had a bunch of veterans who were sort of throwing straight lines to Estelle Getty, who was the television newcomer. Yeah. At that point. So all right, eighty four. Uh, more from uh, Rue McClanahan. She said it was devastating to watch what uh, dementia did to Estelle Getty. To lose her so quickly, she she not only went away mentally. She kind of, well, she got osteoporosis as well as this dreadful brain disease she has. So that her little body started shriveling and going away, too. Thanks, Rue McClanahan. She began acting at a young age in Jewish stage productions. And then later in life, she took a bit part in the film Tootsie. She made a name for herself in the 1982 stage performance of Torch Song Trilogy. She played a Harvey Feinstein's mother. In the mid-80s, she learned of a casting call for a fiery senior citizen for an upcoming TV sitcom called The Golden Girls. She auditioned but was rejected for not being old enough. She returned several times, finally landed the part with the help of a makeup artist who put 20 years on their face. So uh, she retired in 2000 after revealing that she suffered from Parkinson's. A reunion of Golden Girls stars Betty White, Lou McCannahan, Rue McCannahan, and uh, B. Arthur was in November 2004. Uh... Still, Getty was 84. She would have been 85 this Friday. So somebody, let's see here. So we've got um, the Golden Girls. Somebody, somebody, the the episode guide for this aired 85 to 92 on NBC. Boy, that was back when NBC just ruled the world. Yeah. Remember that? Like especially, um, there was Wednesday nights and then NBC Thursday nights. Uh, there was a time when NBC was just the absolute. I mean, they was the king or the kingers, the rulers of the, the kings of the entire roost in terms of that. So B. Arthur, uh, Herb Edelman, uh, Estelle Getty. Harold Gould, Rue McClanahan, Sid Melton, uh, and Betty White. And then, Jesus, there were 25, 50, 75, 100, 125. So there's, there's about 210 episodes 
uh, the Golden Girls. So, and, and apparently I was wrong. I guess it's not. I guess it is on Lifetime, uh, not Bravo, and uh, undoubtedly available on DVD as well. All right. Well, there you go. Estelle Getty, there's your snuff watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Let's see, a couple things. A, uh, Rick, I do believe Estelle Getty was the youngest of the group, although I think we just found out that's not true. Somebody sent me a Wikipedia entry on this. Um, we don't know if the Wikipedia is always true either. Probably not. And, you know, they're probably, sh- you know, like, they're every, shaving ages. Everybody, sh- even now, when you would think it doesn't really matter, they're shaving ages. Um, apparently, also, Estelle Getty played, she was Cher's mom in Mask, uh, not the Jim Carrey version, but the Eric Stoltz version. Uh, and then she was also in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, if, I remember that. If movie. memory serves. I don't know that that's true, but I'm pretty sure that oh, was no, her. Oh, no, she totally is. Uh, B. Arthur, according to Wikipedia, by the way, which may or may not be accurate, B. Arthur, 86. Betty White, 86. Rue McClanahan, only 74, but I suspect that's not true. I'm saying Rue McClanahan's at least three years older than that, so just my speculation. Your mileage may vary. Here's Tim Riley. What can be more fun than having a vacation in your own backyard? Uh, wine expert Alan Katz says a stay-at-home vacation idea is great for backyard entertaining. It's a great opportunity for entertaining at home. And it's really over the last several years that entertaining and cooking has come back into vogue. What a stupid idea. You want to try and, <laughs> and serve uh, enough of the same foods in bulk that you're providing a variety, uh, but uh, that you're you know, using ingredients, perhaps you're using herbs or seasonings for both your protein and your vegetables so that you're not using multiple ingredients. People can't wait to try that idea. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry, somebody, somebody just sent me a... Uh... So, sending me more, more unfortunate web URLs, um, such as... Let's see, a web developer service uh, that is web1.com that looks for all the world like webone.com. And it's real. I just clicked on it. There you go, webone.com. There's Tim Riley. An Oregon teacher accused of supplying kids with prescription painkillers gets 300 days in jail. Barbara Trotter pled guilty in Calamity County Court to a charge of delivering the painkiller Vicodin to a child. Uh, and pled no contest to three counts of using a minor in the drug offense. She also pleaded no contest to misconduct. Mazama High School special ed teacher was arrested in November for allegedly involving students in drug transactions over a two-year period. They include painkillers, sleeping medication, and marijuana. So maybe there was some orderliness in that class anyway. Man, I took my last Vicodin the other day. Um, it, it was actually... Um, that you couldn't sleep, right? Yeah, it was, well, it was Thursday. It was the night after the, it was the night of the Dark Knight premiere. So I got home at like 3.30 or whatever. And I had this, for some reason, it was like, a, like I'd pulled a muscle or something on my legs. I had this terrible leg pain. Um, and ever actually, ever since I was a kid, ever since I was a little kid, I've gotten these like weird leg cramps when I sleep. And... Um, uh, so I couldn't sleep, so I got up, and it's that thing where you, you hate to take your last pain pill because then you just have this sad, empty, bereft bottle looking at you. Uh, and um, don't we? Don't we all have that experience? No, usually if wow. I have a muscle ache, I use a Badger Muscle Bomb. <laughs> badger Muscle Bomb? Yes. <laughs> is, badger, is Badger Muscle Bomb... Is, it's Badger Muscle Bomb. Sounds like it, it's like some sort of um. Like some, I was just I was gonna say like a Jewish outdoor guide. Hey kids, welcome to camp. I'm Badger Muscle Bomb. 
I tried to make it easy for you. Today we're going to have such adventures. You'll plots. Hi. All right. <laughs> Bad your muscle. Excuse awesome. me when I call my mother. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Last year I got poison ivy. I let out such a kvitch. If I'm writing this down, I'm going to make him a children's character in some sort of book. I can't wait to send sp spend summer with Badger Muscle Bomb. Hold on. <laughs> Badger Muscle Bomb. Badger Muscle Bomb. That's fantastic. All right. I don't know. This food is making me all for schlugener. Uh, okay, what the, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, and so I took my last Vicodin. And you were very sad. And I'm not alone. I know you guys think that I'm some sort of junkie. Uh, but I'll guarantee you this. You talk Why do people have pill fetishes? I just... I, I don't have a them. pill fetish. Vicodin is simply wonderful. That's all I... That's all I'm saying. Badger muscle bomb. Oh, there you go. Badger sore muscle bomb. <laughs> that's his middle name. That is great. Uh, Only right. 550. You'll be careful. You don't want to get sunstroke. It'll make you all mashugana. Uh, I'm badger muscle bomb. Uh... Moving on, so uh, you ask anybody, though, who, uh, who, here's the thing about Vicodin, and I don't mean to be going off on another, like, I love drugs oh, uh, God, here thing. Here. Are we encouraging children to do this? I know. That's you who's doing that, Tim. <laughs> Tim Riley is doing that. CBS News is encouraging, uh, is encouraging that behavior, not me, though. I was telling my wife about this. Now, here's all of a sudden, I'm eating everywhere. <laughs> do you need some muscle bomb? Do you need the uh, healing touch of badger muscle bomb? I'm wondering, like, who his who his sort of animal sidekick friends would be. Uh, there's Badger Muscle Bomb and um, uh, no, I got nothing. That's it. I I peaked with that. The the thing at the we'll bring it back later. Here's the great thing uh, about Vicodin. The great thing about Vicodin to me is, is because it it's, yes, Rick Emerson for drugs. The great thing about Vicodin is that it's just the nuclear option in terms of having pain. Has anybody here taken Vicodin? No. Okay. Vicodin is its not like a, a sedative. It's not like Valium where it's a relaxing thing. It's just a pain pill. And the great thing about Vicodin is it's like there's no like if you know you ever like a, you have like a, a leg cramp or you have a pain or a headache or whatever and you take maybe some Tylenol. Or you I'm saying everything like Badger Muscle Bomb. You take maybe some Tylenol perhaps or an aspirin. But you take Tylenol, and then you sort of wait for it to kick in. And sometimes if you have, like, a really bad headache, you take a bunch of aspirin, and it sort of lessens the headache, but the headache is still there. The thing about Vicodin is it's an absolute, like, it just turns the pain off. There's no waiting for it to kick in or, well, I took some aspirin, and that kind of helps, but I still got kind of this pain. You take Vicodin, the pain, gone instantly. I mean, it just turns off the pain receptor in your brain. Why not try some today? Well, that's why it's so tempting to use Vicodin whenever you have pain, an injury, a headache, whatever. Because there's no, like, it lessens the pain. There's no sort of waiting for it to take effect. If you have any kind of muscle ache or pain in your body, you take a Vicodin, within, like, 10 minutes, it is just simply turned off. And so it, it's, it becomes really, really tempting to take it because there's, like, no screwing around. Like, you've got a pain, it's gone. Uh, so I took the last one, and so anyway. But it's sort of interesting that we're talking about Vicodin today. And I had sort of spaced this, but you know what today is? Today actually is the day that I go to the prescribey shrink uh, about, uh, I don't know, jacking me full of some other kind of drug. Uh, so well, that's... they're listening to you rant and rave about pills in general. Well, I'm going to see if I can score some Vicodin while, I was, while I'm there, which I would think would be difficult. I asked my wife about this. I said, I said so I'm going to the shrink. That is today. So I'm going to the shrink this afternoon. Um, so, you know, like, they, they, you know, they want to talk to me about, like, 
I don't know, Adderall or some some such. And I actually told her, maybe I do have a problem. I told my wife, I said, I said, so, um, is it, and I was trying to be all casual about it, is it going to look suspicious if while I'm there I just ask if they could, uh, you know, just hook me up with some Vicodin while, while they're at it? You know, like as long as you're back there rooting around in the pill drawer, can you, uh, Vicodin, little, little, give me a little nosh, something. And she actually told me, and my wife, who is a medical professional, I asked her, I said, so while they're giving me my brain drugs, like, could I just say, like, could you just give me a big thing of Vicodin oh, while you're at it? committed to doing the brain drugs? Well, I have to meet with the guy. But I said, I said, while I'm there, like, would it seem suspicious or would they look at me like a junkie if I said, hey, while you're there, could you just give me a bottle of Vicodin too? And she actually said, no. She said, she said, almost everybody does that. The what if wa- ask for free samples? She said that, they, well, she said the health, well, they'll do that as well. She said the healthcare system is actually just so clogged and backed up and slow that a lot of people, when they go to get a prescription for one drug, like they're to get a prescription for whatever, like that heartburn, the Prilosec or whatever it is, and while they're, they'll be like, and um, I'm really stressed. Could you just give me some Vicodin too? And she's, she, the doctor has got, sure, no problem, you know, because because they know that otherwise it's going to be like another six-week waiting period. So I think it's just like kind of a goof. Uh, I'm just going to see exactly how many different types of drugs they'll give me while I'm there today. So my goal is whatever they want to give me, then some Vicodin, and then if there's any sort of wiggle room left over, bottle of uh, Xanax. So, we'll see. That's my goal. We'll see what I... Where are you going to get that backpack? What's that? <laughs> so I'd just be walking out with just, just big bags of drugs in front of me. All legally prescribed, of course. Mm-hmm. For medical reasons. For medical reasons, Tim. All right. I'm not buying these on the street. All right. No. I'm Badger Muscle Bomb. Here's Tim Riley. A man hunters underway in Vancouver as we speak. Be on the lookout for a bank robber. The bank robbed the Bank of America, 805 Broadway. The man implied he had a weapon, but he actually didn't show anybody he had one. He ran away with an undisclosed amount of cash. He's described as either white or Hispanic, in his 20s, about 5'8", with a stocky build. He is wearing a multicolored baseball cat, cap, yeah. rather, stenciled with the words, Rock Aware. That's Rock Aware. Once again, the bank robber is on the loose in the coup. Uh, by the way, Estelle Getty played the department store owner in the movie Mannequin, starring Andrew McCarthy and Kim Cattrall. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Am I the caller? Yes, it is. It's you, sir. Caller? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had a, uh, a random musing about the Golden Girls. Yes, Because I grew up watching it Saturday nights with my grandmother, which was kind of weird. But uh, Golden Girls is... Uh, Sex in the City, forty years later. Uh, no, it's true. I think that, mm-hmm. that that some guy made maybe it was me. Some guy made that observation that it is. You look back at the Golden Girls. It is very much a. It is a template. Uh, I would think, and I think if you were to ask, uh, what's her guts uh, that wrote Sex in the City? What's her name? Who's that? Who uh, wrote Sex in the City? Candace yeah. something Bushnell. Yes. If you were to ask her, I'm almost certain she would she would cop to the fact that Sex in the City is modeled on the Golden Girls. Yeah, it, it certainly does have all the elements. You're right about that. Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, congratulations to Tim Riley on having a cancer-free ass. <laughs> well, thanks very much. It's a pleasure to you, have one. You want a plaque? All right. Yeah, Thank you, sir. Well, and he can now say that his anus is unremarkable. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Oh, that's an Anna Nicole Smith of reference. it was. Oh, I was like, for what? Well, I, was... I, missed, I missed that entirely. <laughs> I forgot about that. Remember, that was on the medical report where the doctor gave, he did the autopsy in Anna uh-huh. Nicole Smith, and yeah. one of the notes... In Anna Nicole Smith's uh, autopsy was, the anus is unremarkable. I forgot all about that. So did I. You know, I'm so glad the audience is there to remember stuff that otherwise would just fall right through the, 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 the drain in the floor of my mind.
That's why we're here. For I'm Badger Musclebomb. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's see what the savages in Southeast are up to today. Uh, one that was hit with debris from stray bullets. Apparently it was a shooting at the apartment complex. This happened at uh, 160th and Burnside. At least three suspects opened fire on the north side of the street. And there were a few stray gunshots flying across Burnside. A car slows down or stops. At least uh, three different people get shot at. The car then took off. Officers are still working to find out uh, if anybody in the car was hit. There were no apparent gunshot victims yet. They're doing everything they can. Uh, right now, they're looking for suspects. So once again, uh, people are shooting in Southeast Portland. Be afraid. We're shocked. By what, what part of Southeast Portland specifically am I missing? That, that was uh, what, not, no place near you. Okay. 160th and Burnside. Uh, that's my favorite place for crimes to happen is nowhere near me, USA. Uh, well, your neighborhood's all cleaned up now, isn't it? It's recently gentrified. Is that true? Nobody told me. If that was the case, I almost certainly I'm, would I'm have been... To, I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> are you just making that up? I am. I'm trying to make you feel better. <laughs> and you're shocked? Are you just, you're just fabricating that to sort of ease my mind? I am. Is that, is that just sort of like you're just going to come by and you're just going to hang a different sign on the crumbling apartment house across the street just to make me feel like it's... No, no, no. We're going to call it uh, Wilting Willow Vine Terrace Hysteria, you know, or whatever. Just to... Um, oh, here's another one. People are not just sending me unfortunate URLs. Like Massage Therapist USA, which, of course, looks just like Massage the Rapist USA. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a Portland police officer may be fired for lying about weight loss surgery. Officer Christina Nelson claimed she was having a gallbladder fix because she didn't want the other officers to know about her stomach band surgery. A police emergency fund awarded her $1,000 to help cover costs for the so-called gallbladder surgery. After an employee assistance program, a staffer asked her about it on the phone. Uh, Chief Rosie Sizer has recommended firing her for unfaithfulness. Uh, Nelson never did sign the form for the $1,000 reward, and the special fund doesn't require officers to reveal their medical information. No one knows what county DA's office has declined to prosecute because Nelson didn't sign any paper making a false statement. Wait, so this is the stomach band? I guess so. What is that? Is that where they just put, like, the big rubber cinchy thing around your gut? It might be. I, I've never known anyone who had it. Isn't that what Carney Wilson had? Hmm. What is Carn- that gas? Whatever I can't remember what that's called. Like, yeah, the stomach gas shrinking battery. one. Well, isn't that with? The, well, what is the difference between that and this? Is that where her stomach that was, was actually gastrointestinal surgery or something? I don't know. I don't, yeah, they put a twist tie around it. On a large. Yeah, where your stomach's like this big. Lara has a friend who had like her stomach stapled, the stomach stapling or whatever, and then she was of course done by a red swing line staple. <laughs> and then she, and then of course because she's just a drunken glutton, uh, not my wife, uh, because this friend of hers is a drunken glutton. She of course got she of course went binge drinking on Thanksgiving and ate enough that all of her staples popped out. Oh gross! <laughs> That's got to be a great feeling at the dinner table. Wait, hold on. No, I pop, 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 pop. suddenly and suddenly just, <laughs> I'm just picturing her going from a size from a size four to like a size nine in about 15 seconds at the table. Hold on, no, just you. Let me just have. Let me hold on. Let me have one more piece of pie. Hold on. Ooh. You know, just suddenly it goes all creosote. Um, let's see, Rick. Um, about drugs. I recently had laser eye surgery and was prescribed both Valium and Vicodin. Good for you, sir. I have issues with people fiddling with my eyes and engaged in serious drug-seeking behavior just because I didn't want to feel a thing. On Thursday, the day of the surgery, I was given both Vicodin and Valium. He then says, I woke up Sunday. And that's a, well, that's, um, 
That's, oh, see, that stuff just scares me. Well, that's because they dose you all heavily for that, though. Uh, I mean, that's where they give you... Because that's the same thing with the, with the medical hair restoration. Because they just, you know, because you've been sitting in a chair for 12 hours. That seemed to work, didn't it? It really did. And i got to tell you, for, for that, they, there's two things. They give you the, the Valium. Because, again, you have to sit in a chair from 7 a.m. till about 6.30 p.m., you know, and it's just, it's just, it really, I mean, they they could lie and say it's for something else, but it really just is to pass the time. I mean, it, it is almost, it is just this side of recreational when you get it done there. Because it's just because you're going to be sitting in a chair looking out the window at Bellevue uh, for 12 hours. And so they give you a bunch of volume so you don't mind sitting there all day. So they just give you all the volume and I... I think I've told the story, but I just did Valium, and I literally just put on Dark Side of the Moon and just sat there and just stared out the window at Bellevue. Twelve hours went by like that. Didn't even, didn't even, didn't care at all. What's Bellevue? Bellevue is a suburb of Seattle. It is. Is it uh, anything to look at? Not a, I mean, no. It's no. It's a tie. It, it, Bellevue is to Seattle as. Jesus, I don't know. Like, like, like Beaverton is to Portland, I guess, sort of. Well, I mean, yeah. like Carl well, and Red Light. It's like what? Ten... Bellevue's like fancy pantsier, isn't yes. it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a Lake Oswego. So, I mean, yeah, it's, there it's, we go, Lake Oswego. It's I'd a say. little, oh, okay. it's a little kind of rich town that's about 15 miles outside of Seattle. Um, but yeah, they give you the volume, so you don't mind sitting there in the chair just all day long, just floating in a little pink cloud of happiness. And then they give you the Vicodin, uh, so you can sleep at night. And so, and the great thing is, as you leave. You know, the guy actually says, all right, here's a bag of Valium, here's a bag of Vicodin. I want you to take these together. And it's done and done. And back to the hotel and just stare blankly at a wall for the rest of the night. Really, it's one of the best times you're ever going to have. I hope my doctor doesn't hear any of these conversations. All right, here's, by the way, I should note that I don't abuse drugs because that's wrong. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, these conversations are brought to you by Late <laughs> Auto Collision Centers, finest in collision repair, our wonderful sponsor at noontime. Hello. Why don't you go to Lapes.com and find out what Lapes can do for you? I'm Badger Musclebomb. Here's Tim Riley. A Medford man has been sentenced to five years in the federal pen for a plot to burn down a nightclub. Martin Joseph Angeles Jr. was arrested after he failed to burn down Ground Zero in downtown Medford. 25-year-old is convicted of conspiracy to commit arson for plotting to throw Molotov cocktails onto the roof of Ground Zero. Video surveillance shows him circling around with incendiary devices in a five-gallon gas can. Away he goes. Hey, first, a wolf pack in Oregon in a century is found. There must be a lot of bored news people going out covering stuff like this. Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife wolf coordinator, there is such a person, Russ Morgan, Heard at least two adults and two pups answered his howls under a bright moon in the pre-dawn hours on the Umatilla National Forest in Union County. I thought that there were wolves everywhere in this part of the country. No, I think they killed them all. Now they're bringing them back. They're, they're sad that they killed them. Uh, the bad thing is they eat the cattle and all the ranchers are getting upset that they're back. All right. That's what wolves eat. Cattle. Is that true? Yes. I thought it was just children. Not wolf wolves. No. All right. Uh, well, you know, every so often you'll, uh, you know, you'll hear a story about like, some stray Wolf. I guess maybe that's the difference, right? Is it like you'll get lone wolves or whatever, uh, which is different than a pack. You'll hear about like some, again, some farm where there, something got killed and they think it's a wolf that sort of came. Wolves are sort of cool but freaky. I mean, they just, you know, because they're because they're dogs, basically. I mean, it, all it is. I mean, all dogs are descended from wolves, which itself is sort of weird and hilarious that you look at like Muppet or Max and you realize that fourteen thousand years ago that was a wolf. So well, I don't think when he bears his teeth, he does. I could see like the real animals yeah. inside of him. Or like if they get a hold of something they don't want to share, and they do that, yeah. and you think that's yourself, in his socks. wow, that's kind of a primal noise you're making there. Um, so there's that. 
You know, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, but the other thing is raccoons, because that happened to me just the other day, where I was like crossing the street. I think it might have been walking Max, actually. Just crossing the street, and you get that sort of peripheral vision, and you look over, and there's like the three raccoons that are sort of crossing the street, and sometimes they'll stop and look at you, and they make that weird... I don't think it's a hissing noise. I don't think raccoons hiss as such, but they make that sort of like sound. Maybe it is a hiss, but it's like a weird, like like they sort of like puff at you a little bit. It's almost like they sort of expel air really quickly uh, as sort of a little a little bit of a warning sign. And that's the thing where, like you, you know, like I know we're humans and we're advanced and we have you know spacecraft and science and technology and microwaves and walls and things. But when you are out sort of walking the street at night or you're out in the woods or whatever and a tiny animal like a raccoon looks at you and it kind of goes, and that's you, don't you for a minute, you forget that you're the dominant life form on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. Like you sort of, you sort of, at, at that moment, you do not have any, any sort of consciousness of being an apex predator. You immediately feel threatened by that thing. And you just decide to sort of, uh, to get away as fast as you can. I mean, it's freaky. Um, and so forth. And this is all true. Let's do one more and then we'll break. Rising gas prices have at least one positive effect. Traffic deaths around the country are plummeting, just as they did during the Arab oil embargo three days ago. There's a 9% drop in traffic deaths. This is from the AP. Uh, there hasn't been this few traffic deaths in some 30 years. That means fewer people on the road, fewer fatalities. Oh, that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Just as you were saying fewer traffic deaths in cars, I was thinking about that sort of uh, imbroglio that we've had recently between the cars and the bicyclists. I'm going to tell you, I, I was, I've almost been hit by two bicycles. I was driving home last night, driving home last night behind. And it's like you know, there's sort of a bicyclist and he's he's you know, he's he's doing the thing of being in the road, which is fine. Because, as you know, according to Oregon law, the bicycle is allowed the full lane. And he looks like a serious bicyclist. He's got the bag, you know, the sort of that or orbit bag or whatever that brand is. And he's got the helmet. You know, and he's got the lights. In other words, he's not just some some jackass who's drunk and just wheeling home from the bar. I mean, he looks like he's kind of got his act together. And then we get to the red and the red light without even stopping. And this is at night, by the way. When you think you'd be a little more careful, we come up to a red light at a busy. It was on Hawthorne at a relatively busy Hawthorne intersection, and he just goes right through it without even stopping. Didn't stop. Didn't slow. Didn't look. Didn't whatever. And for a moment, it's like I felt myself turning into that guy from that story a few weeks ago. Well, I really almost, I didn't, but I had to fight off the urge to sort of get in the other, you know, to get in the lane next to him and pull up and go like, you, you know, you have, you are part of the problem. And I didn't, but I almost did. Because that's the kind of guy that gets hit by a car and then causes everybody to carp about it as though it was the car's fault. So, I mean, the the, the paper ran some story a couple of days ago saying that despite images to the contrary and the sort of public perception that there isn't some big conflict happening between cars and bicycles. And that may be true, but, there, but it's, there's one coming. I'm telling you, by the end of the summer, something's going to happen. I'm well, telling I, you right I, now. I think the hippies put the screws to the Oregonian in the past few days. For, for, for How so? That. Well, because I read a couple of bike blogs, and all these hippies are commenting, well, the Oregonians make all this stuff up. Right. So all of a sudden, the Oregonian starts quoting these websites. Ah. And But I've almost been hit by bicycles twice on the sidewalk here. Right. Yesterday and this morning, people riding... I mean, like 50 miles an hour down the sidewalk, not looking. No, it's uh, because bicycles occupy this. How are they not supposed to be on the sidewalk? Well, now downtown, they are not supposed to be on the sidewalk. I think I may be wrong about that. You know what we should do in we, the suburbs? Hold on, let's. This is let's stop now. Let's. Know. We should. I ride on the sidewalk between here and the Hawthorne Bridge. Here's what we should do, because I can tell we're, and I'm including myself in this. We're treading into an area where we don't know what the hell we're talking about. 
You know what we should do? That that hasn't stopped this. We we should get we should find some person from an Oregon bike collective authority group whatever or somebody even from the Department of Transportation to come on and once and for all answer these questions and tell us what is legal and what's not. And I want to know how the rules vary from Portland to the suburbs and how they vary from downtown Portland to outlying areas perhaps. Or the lawless southeast portion. Exactly, exactly, where life is cheap. All right. Uh, let's, let's take a break. We come back, a little bit of good news for a friend of ours. Um, do you know what I'm referring to, Tim? All right, we come back, we'll have we a little bit. We don't have that many friends. Well, it's a short list. You could probably come up with who I'm talking about almost immediately. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's Meatloaf. <laughs> will do that sometimes where uh, he has this like plasticky, this chewy newspaper thing that he plays with his toy. And so I'm in the living room and I'll toss it into the kitchen sometimes and he will run into the kitchen. It's the only dog story I'll tell today. He'll run into the kitchen, but sometimes if he, if he, there's like a little throw rug or whatever in there and he'll hit the throw rug and slide all the way across, bam, into the washing machine or into the dishwasher. Yeah, you just saw Muffet run full force into the back of my legs. Because you stopped and he kept going Right into the back. Don't and so I'll hear this thud from the kitchen. And I look in there and Max is sort of going, Whoa, I, you know, after having hit the thing. Uh, Rick, I have a question tangentially related to the bicycle conversation you just had. You can get pulled over for DUI on a bike and in a wheelchair. You can also be cited for public intoxication walking home drunk. I've also seen news stories about people being arrested for being passed out in their cars after drinking even though they weren't driving. So my question is, what the hell are you supposed to do after you've had too many at the bar? Sure, you can have somebody drive you home, but if that's not on the table as an option, then what? You can't sleep at the bar, you can't sleep in the parking lot, you can't walk, you can't bike. What the hell? Questions like this are why I just drink alone in my own home. Okay, I know I the answer. it's called a taxi cab. I guess. Maybe, well, maybe that might be your only option, then. And I know the answer to passing out in your car. As long as the keys aren't in the you ignition, do. you're fine. <laughs> really? Because that means you have, if, if your keys are in the ignition, that means you have an intent to drive. But if your keys are not in the ignition, then that means that you're just sitting in a in a... This is like the vehicular thing about at a party if you fall asleep with shoes on or off. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. Um, let's see. So, um, hey, Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio for a second? You know, I, there's no real clear thing on whether he's whether he confirms or not. He just sort of sometimes he appears and, wow, he just doesn't look good. No. Dude, it's been like an hour and a half since we talked to you. You still look, you look worse. You look sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Like okay. Sometimes you can't even really muster up a response. It's just your weird, sad, sort of wound down, crusty to clown laugh. Now you're starting to look like Aaron Geek in the city. Yeah, with this yeah, I don't know what it is. mustache. Well, it makes you look swarthy. I'll give you that. Um, so, and I, if you close your eyes and listen really carefully, you can almost hear Aaron taking offense at that. Um, so, hey, so can we get um, somebody from? Would it be somebody from the Department of Transportation who could come on and 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 tell us like once and for all, like give us the answers? Do you, uh, Is there uh, like a bicycle czar? That's what I mean. Somebody who can definitively tell us once and for all what's legal, what's not, what you have to do, and what you don't. What about an officer of the law? Well, a cop. They, they might not. Though. I mean, maybe a bike cop would know. A cop. Hey, here's what you can do. Here's what you can do. Call uh, the Portland Police Bureau. Uh, they're in. They're on the yellow. You know, they're the yellow. They're in the book. Uh, you can find them online. And Ask for the public information officer. 
Oh. Are you remembering any of this? Do you want me to write it down? It's like it's just... Dude, you have the glassiest <laughs> stare. You're like, I really care today to okay. be doing these Really, things. it's like you look like... You look like... Do you have the dead eyes of a fish just laying on a bed of ice at the market? I mean... Public knowledge officer? Public information officer. I think I got a contact there because he was going to come... Uh, it's probably a guy named Brian. He's going to stun gun guy. Yeah, it's probably... You probably want to talk to a guy named Brian... Uh, he is the public information officer oh, at the Portland Police on, Bureau. On the news. Brian Schmautz is his name. Yes. Uh, so we've had him on the show a long time ago for something or other. So uh, so Sarah will give you that. If you want to uh, call the Portland P- Police Bureau and see if their public information officer can... And just explain kind of what we're looking to do. Say, hey, uh, we want to find somebody who can come on and in an official capacity tell us what is legal and not for bicyclists and cars and their interactions. Okay. I, so I don't think he'll remember any of this by the time he gets back to his office. It's all gonna <laughs> she wrote it down, I think. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I know somebody got a DUI with their keys in their pocket, and they were crashed out in the passenger side. See, uh, but I know somebody who got a, a DUI, and the, the charges were dropped because they couldn't prove the fact that uh, that he had intent to drive. So we can ask that, too. We can ask all of your drinking and biking questions. Okay. All right. Hey, Richard, do me a favor. What are we doing? Recite the alphabet backward. V. Y. W. Okay. Thank you. Y. A. B. C. No, no, that's forward. Thank you. There you go. All right. That's all I could do. I know. I know. That was good. Yeah, we were just, you know, we wanted to see how far. You got two. You got two. Like the second coming of Scotty today. Mm. Speaking of which, uh, here's an email we got. Uh, There's a city of Portland office of transportation. Wouldn't I come under that? But see, they may be reluctant to talk because wasn't it a guy from there that was oh, in that yeah, whole yeah. brouhaha between the cyclist and the motorist the well, other way? We won't ask for him. No. <laughs> Can you give us the guy who's been shamed because he was drunk on a bicycle <laughs> being belligerent in a car? Uh, speaking of, of uh, Scotty J, we got this. Rick, uh, do you think you could play some of the Scotty J drunk interview from last year's 777 party? That would make my life. Thank you. That um, was the most horrible day, you evil man. Try to do it later on. Remember? What? No, he got him totally drunk, and then I had to drive him home. You're thinking of something else. Okay. You're thinking of later on when he drank all the night trains. Seven 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 was vanilla ice. Okay. You're thinking of later. You're thinking of when he was here, and we we got him all drunk on Boone's Farm. Yeah, and hey, Sarah, get him out of the building. Tropical so I, Thunder Dog. So I got stuck in traffic with him for 45 minutes. I had to bring him to my house. Thank God the cab was already waiting there. So I had to like carry him out of my car and stick him in a cab, and then he couldn't remember where he lived. This <laughs> was very understanding. His, yes, his wife just loved me. She loved, loved me. She loves all of us, Sarah. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, as if some, well, residents of Washington aren't, well, at least 75 people have fallen victim of a highly organized group of thieves in Washington who use what are known as skimmers to steal debit card information and then drain the money out of their bank accounts. These skimmers were placed on gas pumps at gas stations. These skimmers are electronic devices designed to look like part of the payment system at gas pumps and ATMs, but actually, they secretly record card numbers and pins for later retrieval by the thieves. They're often attached to the real card readers. The thieves likely waited to use the bank information after the long holiday weekend. Mm. Now, these fraudulent cards uh, made from the data collected by the skimmers were used at banks throughout King County to withdraw thousands of dollars from each account. Some account holders have lost as much as $4,000. Uh, there are many victims out there, apparently, and they're urging anyone who used a debit card at an ARCO station to contact the bank to get a new card. Jesus. Isn't that bad? It's, I mean, that's, and that's one of those things that you couldn't really... I mean, to be fair, you probably wouldn't anticipate uh, that, right? You just put your card in there, you figure it's the, you figure it's the real deal. People in Washington are fairly honest. 
Yes, they are, Tim. They're God's people. Uh, somebody, I will not use his name, somebody from, how do I put this, a senior police officer from the sheriff's office emailed us and says that we should contact the district attorney's office for these bike questions because they will then connect us with the appropriate traffic court person. That makes sense. The traffic court people are the people to know about that. Do we okay. put one, two, or three? Um, so, Richie, I'm going to forward you this uh, this He's email. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to forward it to him because when he wakes up later and checks his email, <laughs> he'll be able to sort of look at this and sort of d- 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 figure out what's going on. Um, who's on the... Uh, there's somebody on the warm... Are we expecting somebody... at uh, ten. V. Sam Adams, really? All right. Do we have an Do we have a theme for the dreamy Sam Adams? All I have is the Golden Girls theme. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just gonna have to do. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Let me just. Uh... Well, he's not uh, officially in office as mayor yet. No, he's the no. mayor elect. Right. Once he becomes uh, moves into his office, he'll need an official theme. All right. Let's let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, mayor elect. Uh, Sam Adams, hello, sir. Hi, Rick. How are you? I am uh, fantastic, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing good, thank you. What How brings you help? to the uh, What brings you to the telephone, sir? Uh, your show called me. Is that Richie? Did you call Sam Adams? Oh, sorry. I'm, hold on, just one second. Richie, did you call Sam Adams? Yeah, about bicycles. He must he's, he's still half drunk. I don't Here's, think he knows what he's doing. Uh, let me, <laughs> wow, let me apologize, Mr. Merrillette. Richie's drunk uh, yeah, today. It's okay. Call me Sam. And, and he he said I should, uh, that you all are interested in talking about bicycles and bicycle laws and, and such. Let me, before we do anything else, let me urge you in the strongest possible terms not to put us in any sort of enemies list that you may be compiling at this point. <laughs> the Rick Emerson Show regrets the inconvenience. Richie uh, had a late night last night and is perhaps not metabolizing his alcohol as uh, oh. I Ideally, as he might. Well, here, here's a. It's probably a question to you about who we asked the question of, and I know that sounds like gibberish, but here's what I mean. At okay. some point, because because you know we all live here, and there's some people on the show who bicycle, and some people on the show who don't, and people who bicycle sporadically, and there's been. Whether real or imagined, it seems like there's this sort of brewing imbroglio uh, between cyclists and motorists. So our, my thing is this. I want to find somebody in a official or quasi-official capacity who can come on the show for 15, 20 minutes someday and just once and for all clarify uh, what's legal, what's not, what's required, what isn't. Uh, you know, not to, I mean, not to cause a ruckus, but really to sort of minimize future r- ruckai. Uh, just to, because I think a lot of people just don't even know what you're supposed to do or what, what is legal and what isn't in terms of the interaction between cyclists and cars. So uh, The expert on that, and, and I can help you to uh, some degree, but uh, the real expert on that in the city of Portland is Roger Geller, who's our bike coordinator or coordinator for bike transportation issues, and I'm happy to have him give you all a call and you can try to stump him, um, okay. asking the toughest question possible. Ron, uh, Roger Geller, bike transportation issues? Yes. Right, transportation issues. All right, um, so this is probably the correct number uh, for him to call, the one that you called, and uh, Richie, hopefully in a... Uh... Well, actually, Richie, for some, somehow, has my personal cell phone number, oh and that's what he reached me on, and that's what I'm talking to you on. Well, yeah, I'm so sorry. That's great. It's hard to, it's hard to see no, how that could go wrong in the future. <laughs> 
I'm 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 happy that that you called, and uh, I will have Roger give you a call and uh, get you you and your listeners uh, some really good precise information. And let me thank you. I appreciate that, sir. And let me just say that uh, in the future, if at any point at let's say three four in the morning you receive a phone call from somebody who sounds like sort of a portly drunken crusty the clown, <laughs> I apologize in advance for all of that. Well, I hope Richie finds the treatment he so desperately needs. All right. <laughs> you, and me, you and me both, brother. All right, uh, Marilex Sam Adams, thank you, my friend. Take care. All right, thank you, sir. All right, there you go. That's uh, Sam Adams. All right, I'm just going to disconnect that call. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Richie's going to end up being audited. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Richie. Okay, but I had the Golden Girls music ready. Let's, let's at least give it up for that. Richie. Don't call Sam Adams anymore, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, at least he's not the mayor yet. Okay. He can only he can only punish us so much right now. Soon though. All right. It's uh five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. It's the Rick Emerson radio program right here on KCMD Portland. Uh, a little bit of good news. I have good news for you today, friends. Uh, let me just uh, read this. Tim, this is what I teased before the break. I have good news about a friend of ours. Do you want to hear it? Yes, yes. Uh, Rick, flipping through the channels this morning, I was uh, I was in time to catch Carl Click being awarded favorite TV personality by the Willamette Week on AM Northwest. Awesome, good wow. for him. So that's from Tracy. So uh, that is. Uh, it probably helped that he emceed the last listener party. Well, his alliance with this program, anybody's alliance with this program, up to and including Sam Adams, that really can only help somebody's career. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's fantastic. So uh, congratulations to Carl Click. Uh, good for you, my friend. We love that guy. All right, here's Tim Riley. All right. So on uh, New Music Tuesday, I've just received word from iTunes that it's been a long time coming for Estonian pop singer Curly. We haven't heard very much about this gorgeous songstress. Since 2004. Estonian pop singer. Mm -hmm. uh, this is her uh, American release, Love is Dead. Perhaps we'll hear it at some point. It's, it's their single. Oh, what are we talking about? Who's Curly? What's, where's Estonia? I don't know, but it's, uh, it's New Music Tuesday on iTunes. Estonia? Don't you remember Stony from Estonia? Yeah, from but, Casino Man? Yeah, but, I, but that's just a movie. I don't really know. that. Oh, it's a real place. I know, but where is it? I don't know. It's a Baltic country. They have a pop singer? Yes. Her name is Curly. Yes. Whatever. Uh, Rick, as long as we're asking questions, I don't know the difference between a police officer and a sheriff. Is it a city-slash-county thing? Yes, you have county sheriffs and city. Uh, the city is the police bureau. The county is sheriffs. All right, then. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and then he says, um, do highway patrol officers have different rules from regular cops? Can they show up at, say, a burglary? He said, I don't understand anything about this. Now I'll get in line, sir. Uh, let's see. It's 503-733-2970. Um... Susan knows that as we speak, Sam Adams is changing his cell phone number. <laughs> Richie Bristol called me and yelling at his chief of staff. Told you I'm not to be spoken to. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Hey, ladies, here's some news for you. It turns out that Viagra also helps women to have better sex, as well as men. According to a new study, researchers find that women who were depressed and taking both antidepressants and Viagra reported having more enjoyable sex. Sexual dysfunction is a common side effect of antidepressants. The study is conducted by the New Mexico uh, University. It is funded by Viagra. <laughs> really? <laughs> 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 All 
Out to Willow, where we go. Police arrested an 18-year-old man after they found him lying in the backyard of a Willow home. Jason Denault is accused of stealing a child's bicycle out of the garage. The woman who lives at the 187th Avenue home confronted him. The woman who uh, doesn't want to be identified said uh, the man told her he was just getting some bottles and cans. And then she said, well, would you please put my niece's bike back then? He returned the bike to the garage and then walked away with two heavy bags. The alleged victim uh, said he had stolen more than 12 bottles of wine and carried them out in a garbage bag. He's also accused of ransacking the woman's car. Uh, deputies responded to the home to investigate and dusted for fingerprints. They later got a phone call from another neighbor who said he was lying in their backyard. He was drunk. And also they found several stolen items. That's an entire classy community is what that is. Aloha. Or aloha. Uh, let's talk about uh, John McCain, shall we? This is about that New York Times article being rejected by the paper's op-ed editor. McCain Communication Director Jill Hazelbaker says newspapers across the country are calling to say they'd be more than happy to run that story. Which it's our job to try and inform the voters, which is exactly what we were trying to do when we offered up this editorial and op-ed by Senator McCain to the New York Times. She's screeching. Uh, she says <laughs> even though the New York Times rejected the article, there are other means to get the message out. We have been literally flooded with calls from newspapers around this country at the regional and national level saying that they would be happy to have voters hear John McCain's position. By the way, let me just point out that somebody from the New York Times just misused the word literally. I mean, like, for those who are sort of playing the home game. Uh, by the way, this uh, says, Rick, Estonia is an Eastern European country. I used to have relations with a red-haired Estonian girl by way of Vancouver, California. Oh, I'm sorry, Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> um, he says they have amazing pop music there. By amazing, I mean alarmingly bad, just so you know. All right, well, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. John McCain spent most of his day in Maine, where he joined George Bush. Very bad idea. He was uh, campaigning in the other Portland. He arrived in New Hampshire last night in Manchester and was greeted by just one reporter. Uh, a blue and gold Boeing 737 emblazoned his campaign slogan, Reform, Prosperity, Peace. And touched down on the tarmac. The uh, Vietnam veteran limped his way down the metal stairway, a leather briefcase in one hand, a cell phone in the other, and walked straight to an awaiting Chevy Suburban. Now, does he always limp? Is that like something from? Yes. Is that from like from his POW days? Or mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think I've ever noticed the limp before. You never see him walking. No, that's true. You never saw Roosevelt walking. <laughs> Uh, members of the Sex Pistols and Block Party reportedly exchanged punches and racist remarks over the weekend. Block Party's Kelly Oberecki claims to have endured a, quote, uh, unprovoked racist attack from Sex Pistol John Lydon at Spain's Summer Case Festival in Barcelona. Uh, the singer is of Nigerian descent. He said Lydon began to act aggressively toward him when he approached the veteran rocker, also known as uh, the Johnny Rotten, to ask him a question about another band. He said Lydon, quote, told him, your problem is your black attitude, unquote. A fight erupted and festival security broke in. Or broke them up. The Bare Naked Ladies are officially out of the Disney Music Block Party. The band's decision to pull out came after lead singer Stephen Page was arrested earlier this month for alleged cocaine possession. couple things. A, uh, he was, I think, busted at an apartment full of girls, mm -hmm. uh, allegedly. Well, no, he was busted at an apartment full of girls uh, who allegedly had a lot of cocaine and weed around. Uh, and the, the, the also alleged that when the cops found him, he said, uh, yeah, I got all this cocaine here. Uh, secondly, those of you who know Todd the Corpse... Uh, Stephen Page is like if you force-fed Todd the Corpse for about six months. Like, you put him on, like, the highest fat diet you could possibly... Or if you just starved Stephen Page for about a year, uh, he looks exactly like Todd the Corpse. 
Um, also, you know, the rest of the guy, and I don't dislike the Bare Naked Ladies. I'm not sort of, I will say they put on a great live show. I've seen them live, and they're really, really fantastic performers. And they write, you know, they write some good songs. But the, the rest of the guys in that band have just got to be, like, pissed beyond belief, though. Because, I mean, that's a gravy, because they just put out a kid's record. That's the thing. They just released a record for children. And so what better way to celebrate, allegedly, uh, than to just go and get a big bag of cocaine and some sluts? Uh, so Disney doesn't, you know, the funny thing about it is, is you can tell what bothers Disney and what doesn't, because hadn't, hadn't like half the cast of High School Musical been caught showing their genitals on camera or something and by now? pregnancy is no problem at all. No, I mean, so that's the thing. If you work for Disney, apparently you can show your boobs and get knocked up. No drugs, though. So... They were about to get set on the because they had. I was just thinking about the bare naked ladies the other day that they had that, that they had made such a savvy career move in that you know the pop hits kind of weren't really common and you know it seemed like their their time in the sort of top forty might have passed. So they had made the really really shrewd maneuver of kind of switching over and starting to put out kids records, which they're uniquely suited for because they're so funny and they're very intelligent and they're sort of playful. But then, you know, that guy has to go and sort of F the whole program up by allegedly being caught with a bunch of cocaine. So I would imagine his stock with the rest of the band is not necessarily high right now. Well, Disney must be turning in his bath. Yes, in his cryogenic chamber. <laughs> I am just pleased. Uh, let's get a couple of these. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's Mailman Chris calling you from Boston, Massachusetts. Why are you in Boston? The National Convention for my union. There's 10,000 letter carriers in this town right now. now oh, that's kind of cool. Now, let me ask you this, and I, and I ask this only out of ignorance. I mean, what is the what, what goes on at a union meeting for letter carriers? Oh, well, we our, our union is one of the oldest unions around. Uh, we've been in existence for over 120 years, and, you know, we're responsible for a lot of the protection, things like 40-hour work weeks and five-hour day work weeks instead of working seven days a week, you know, long struggle, not going to go all union activists on your right to second. All right. Who's protecting our mail while you're away? Well, there's other letter carriers. There, there's like, you know, probably, I think there's 30 people from the Portland area. Oh, it's a representative sample from each area. Exactly, right, exactly. Excellent. Out of 1,800, there's like, you know, 30 here. Excellent. But there's 10,000 from all over the country, and it's pretty fantastic. And uh, I just was calling to get uh, Sarah's expertise, because I know that you frequent Boston. I, I used to. My sister moved to New York, so I actually only went there once. Oh, okay. I was just looking looking for uh, your recommendation on a place to, to, to have some drinks. There was a – okay, I remember off of Harvard Square, there's like a um, – it's like there's Harvard Square, and then there's like this little grassy park area with a Pete's Coffee in it. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. There's a Pete's Coffee, and then if you go across the street from where that Pete's Coffee is, there's this great little tavern that's kind of down a few stairs, but it has a really cool feel. It's like a really old style bar. It has a lot of like loggers and ciders and stuff, and I think it has um, some tables out front, surrounded by a bunch of trees. So it's kind of hard to find, but it's right across from that park. So if you can, if you're in that area, you should totally go check it out. Okay, so that's up in Cambridge. I'm gonna take the. Well, you can take the red line. There. Yeah, take the red line to Cambridge. Well, I know uh, later this evening we're going to go check out a bar called McGreevy's that's owned by the lead singer from the Dropkick Murphys. Rodness. That's pretty cool. So I, I guess he's kind of like a Sam Malone. He hangs out in the bar when they're not on tour. Unfortunately, they're over on the West Coast while I'm here. So. Yeah, but that's oh, still yeah. pretty righteous. Excellent. So Fantastic. Go in, and, go in and, and enjoy. So, hey, everyone there, I hope you're uh, having good weather. It's like 4 o'clock here, which means it's time to go hit the bars. What would you think of the dark night? Oh, dude, I've seen it three times already. Fantastic. Excellent. I saw it I saw it there with uh, Court and Fatboy on, on Thursday night, uh -huh. 
and didn't go to sleep at all because I didn't get home until like 4.30, and I was so ramped up about the movie, I just said, screw it, I'm staying awake. Right on. Excellent. But, yeah, it's a fantastic movie and uh, well-deserved about, what is it, $155 158.5, I think. Damn. All right. Well, enjoy your drinking and your unionizing. Travel safe, my friend. I will, and everyone uh, lift a glass for Estelle Getty. Excellent. There you go. Mailman Chris in Boston, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, Tim. I had to do that just now. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hello, it's you. Yeah, I want to share with you um, my favorite, like, messed up URL. And this is a real website? It is real. Right. I think it's now defunct. I was working for a flooring company, and um, is they this, came and promoted to us. Is this going to be uh, something we can say on the air? You absolutely can. Okay. Uh, it was called Home Builders Exchange, some sort of networking site for home builders. Home Builders Exchange. So, yeah, but when you look at the URL, it says homebuildersexchange.com. <laughs> That's fantastic. I like Which the, sounds like some horrible accident with a nail gun. The, the exchange sex change thing seems to be, that is the sort of bugaboo that vexes many, many, many of these websites. There was, let's see, we had this one. Uh, oh, there was one, Experts Exchange, which looks like Expert Sex Change. So <laughs> here's another one, bye. Here's another one. In, in, thank you, sir. Uh, that's Eric. Here's another one. This is in uh, New South Wales. The... Uh, the native nursery there, uh, which I guess is like a like an arboretum or whatever, it is the. Let me see if I can let me open this so I can make sure that I read it uh, right off the uh, right off the page here. And this is from New South Wales, which is where is Wales? Is that like its own island or something, Tim? No, it, it's part of the UK. It, it's to the uh, let's see the West End. Yes, it is the. It's it's within the island itself. It is the it is the molestation nursery, which of course just looks like molestation. Sorry. Oh man. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Time for penis watch. Here's your penis watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Two men are accused of setting their friends' groin on fire. They have a sentence to jail and prison. Matthew Craig Pillars, who's 22, and Jack Brett Nicholas Kuyper, who's 19, pled no contest of felony, causing a fire that leads to great bodily injury. Pillars, who was already on parole, was sentenced to two years in state prison after he rejected an offer of 270 days in county jail and probation because he didn't want to be on probation and parole at the same time. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Keeper was sentenced to 45 days in county jail, 100 hours of community service, and substance abuse counseling and treatment. The charges stem from a January 8th incident in which the man set friend Elliot Tuja's grown area on fire as a practical <laughs> joke. <laughs> the grown area. That's a practical <laughs> joke. Uh, they'd all been drinking, of course, at a house at Grover Beach. The men routinely drank together and often played practical jokes at each other. Uh, the night one of them... Uh, <laughs> Did you remember that time we lit your sexual organs on fire? <laughs> Apparently, they, they poured cologne on the man's groin area. As he was passed out, allegedly lit his pants on fire. He suffered second and third degree burns to his testicles and third degree burns to his inner thighs. Wow. Nothing more needs to be said. I suppose that's probably the end of the story. I think it is, yes. Uh, okay, there you go. There's Take your... a look at my enormous penis. Wow. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. I'm Badger Muscle Bomb. Here's Tim Riley. For some reason, this is a big story. Dateline, Boone, North Carolina. 
Investigators say a suspicious device placed outside a Walmart in Boone was indeed a bomb. A released 911 tape features a store employee who was coming into the store and uh, found the bomb. I just opened my doors for some of my associates <laughs> yeah. to come in, and there's like a homemade bomb sitting at my door. A homemade bomb? Yeah, but it's not, I mean, it's not ignited to where it's going off. The store employee tells the police what the bomb looks like. It's got like little burnt places around on it. I mean, it's, I, I don't. Right at the front door? It's at the exit door. The cheese, the knives, they'll all come in this handy-dandy red toolbox that you see behind it. Great setup. What about a case of the Navy SEALs going into this deal with the Eagle Eye inset vented blade lockback design? You also <laughs> will get in our mix, check this out, the Barracuda Stealth Fighter will be included by the dozen. Over to the side of that, we have our executive wildlife series going into our mix. These are easily 16 to 18 in most retail stores, 98 cents tonight. It's no wonder dealers worldwide have hooked up on our warehouse liquidation. God damn, I'm so I glad. just opened my door <laughs> for some of my associates to come in, and there's like a homemade bomb sitting at my door. Rarely do we offer a three-piece dice show and a broadsword and four fixed plates. You know, this set has it all. Mm, oh, the yeah. out there, that's a new item we've tossed in the deal. I can't, I cannot believe that at this point in time that folks, how many? Okay, I got three dozen sets left. If you want them, it's time to dial right now. Your last chance to own the deal of the millennium, the deal of 08. Hey. Probably the deal of the year to come, too. I'm so glad that I recorded those. Uh, my wife, you got to hear this knife infomercial. That's fantastic. I'm glad. Do we have the, uh, wait, hold on. Do we have the one where he interrupts her? A broadsword, a three-piece dice show, high-end fixed blade. No, uh, forget all those, even <laughs> though those are all that you stupid whore. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Well, exactly. That's where the deal is. That's why this, this one has protection. taken it <laughs> to a level unseen in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk unless you're spoken to. I can't even do that voice. I was going to do a whole bit about what does that guy sound like when he's trying to have sex with his wife. But I can't. Oh, no. I would like to have. But I can't. It's like I can't even fake accent my way into that voice. I can't do a southern voice. That that's, that's, that's dumb. I can't. Tonight, I would like. No, because then it just starts coming out like James Vanderbeek again. I don't want your knife. Uh, here's Tim Riley. No. Come on. There's news for young ladies. Those young females who have regular family meals are more likely to turn away from smoking, drinking, and doing drugs. This according to the University of Minnesota, who says, The more time gals spend with their parents, the less likely they will be to cave into peer pressure from their undesirable friends. If kids are home with parents, they're not out with friends. And we know that a lot of high-risk health behaviors that young people get involved in happens during time out with friends. Some of it might be that family meals provide an opportunity for parents to share their expectations and share their values. I don't want your knife. 
Girls are more receptive to the behaviors of others than boys are. Girls and boys interact with family members differently. Their close relationships mean different things to boys and girls. So that could influence how girls are picking up subtle cues from their parents or how they're integrating any ideas that are shared at family meals. What is this story even about? What is you're supposed to have dinner with your family? Only girls. Only girls. That's, I had dinner with my family every night. And you drink like a fish. But you join us here every day. Exactly. You turned out just fine. All right. That's just such a crap study. Like, if you keep them <laughs> locked in the home, they'll never be I'm going to keep you locked in a tower. Well, they're spending time with their <laughs> <laughs> Up top, let's toss in Richard the Lionheart. <laughs> The big broadsword, Richard the Lionheart. Now the sword itself <laughs> is a two ninety nine. Peggy, you shut your mouth. The gold edition, Richard the Lionheart. I mean, done look at that coat of arms. I know. Two ninety nine just for the sword tonight. It's ninety eight cents in the set. Ninety eight cents. Now that will come with wall plaque for display purposes, featuring a frost <laughs> etch and the coat of arms going down the blade, beautifully done. And tonight you will get this item, a two hundred ninety nine dollar item. Yeah. For 288 bucks, <laughs> and then get 294 additional pieces to go along with it. Exactly. <laughs> I just opened my doors for some of my associates to come in, and there's like a homemade bomb sitting at my door. Actually, <laughs> it's like his mouth is full of crazy glue or something. You know what I mean? Full of grits. And it's like he can't. You know what he sounds like? He sounds like that you're the man now dog thing of... um. Of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, where they've taken all of Schwarzenegger's sort of glottal, adenoidal sounds and put them all together. Have you ever heard that? It's just an endless loop where they've taken all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's, the little sort of ticks he has between words, where he's like, and they've just put it together into a long, uh, i got to find it played. It's, it's, it's genius. You must, you must. Uh, all right. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello there. Uh. Four three seven seven one five two five four eight nine seven. About. I'd like to order. Ah, okay. Oh, I see. Okay, that's you're ordering a knife. Knife. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's just, here's knife. what just here's what just, here's what just happened because I actually just bleeped part of that. Knife. Uh, <laughs> I answered the phone and. I didn't realize what you're doing right away, and so you were giving out uh, a credit card. I thought maybe you got someone's credit card or something. Yeah, you were giving out a credit card number as part of a gag with the knives, and so I bleeped part of it because I was like, well, I thought, God forbid, is someone thinking this is real? Um, it's not real? No, say knives one more time, sir. Knives. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't want your call. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Dan. I'm calling from I-5 on the way down to Comic-Con. Yes, sir. <gasps> oh, Comic-Con. Bastard. All right. How you? Uh, how long does it take? Well, it's in San Diego, so... Uh, San Diego, what's yeah. the, It's been a long time since I've driven from there to here. What's the drive from here to San Diego? Well, uh, you know, I've never made the drive myself. I've been told it's 20 to 24 hours. I'm in, like, Eugene right now, so I've got a long drive ahead of that me. That sounds about right. When I When I moved here to do this program in 1998... I drove here uh, in a U-Haul with – I don't even think it was a U-Haul. It was like a like a U-Truck. 
kind of a thing. Um, I drove here in a U-Haul with malfunctioning windshield wipers in November. So about the time I got to, like, like Northern California, like Wairaca or whatever that city is, the skies open up, the rains come down, it's pitch black at night, I'm driving like a U-Haul with bad brakes and no windshield wipers. And that's all. So I have no idea how long the trip was because it was just abject terror the whole time. So now are you going down just as a, a, a spectator or for your company? No, I'm going down for my website, uh, and uh, we're going to be covering the, the con for starting tomorrow. It starts up for a preview night tomorrow, so let everybody with press. Uh, yeah, at like seven o'clock at night, uh, we gotta kind of roam the floor for a couple hours. So cool. Are you gonna go to the to the lost recruiting section? Yeah, we're gonna do the. We're gonna get, get recruited by uh, was it Octagon Global Recruit Recruiting? I, I think. Yeah, I believe so. I just got an email from them yesterday again. That is so cool. And then in the past, obviously, in Octa- the past, yeah. Octagon Global Recruiting. At the Comic Cons yeah. of the past, they've sort of you know they they try to unveil like footage from hotly anticipated movies like The Dark Knight, and I know Kevin Smith has done it a few years in a row. What is the what, what's the big footage they're going to be unveiling in this year? Is it like Watchmen, or what's the deal? Yeah, so there's going to be a, there's going to be a big Watchmen panel that's probably I think almost an hour and a half to two hours long. Oh, and they're going to bring the cast up. And that's pretty show cool. Up the footage from that. Uh, City of Ember, which is, is based on a pretty popular book, they're going to have a, a big presence for that. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some Batman stuff going right on. for you know because Dark Knight's making like eight billion dollars. Totally, totally. Uh, and just just all kinds of crazy. I mean, there'll be Lost and Heroes. And, and it's going to be going to be geek festival. Excellent. Well, um, well, travel safe. And uh, yeah, if you want to do, uh, if you can do some check-ins from uh, from Comic Con, that would be a fantabulous, my friend. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be down there about this time tomorrow, probably. So we'll uh, we'll probably check in with you in midday, and then do the same thing. Do you uh, do you want do you want to pimp your uh, your website, your company's website? Yeah, that'd be great. It's, it's popculturezoo.com. Popculturezoo.com, all one word. Right, and right now we've got a just a preview story up there right now. And then we'll have we're doing a, a podcast like in the car on the way down. We've got we've got a Wi-Fi network in the car right now. Right. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. You are the coolest person ever. Uh, all right. Yeah. So so travel safe and uh, give us give us a call as you sort of get there and kind of let us know the haps as they say. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. All right. All right you Thank you, my friend. There's Dan from Cop, Pop Culture Zoo. Uh, that is dot so com. cool. Uh, let's do one more here, and then we'll talk to Jim Roop. Then we'll continue with Tim Riley. Hello. 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 Rick, knife yeah. show guy. Yeah. I, I man, I. I wow. Not whoa. Ah. Sorry. Hello there. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I don't know me. what the deal is with that show, but I am uh, transfixed by it when it is on. That guy's voice is hypnotic. And it's that they're selling 298 knives. And I, I have a few pocket knives. Yeah. I, you know, pocket knives are handy, whatever. Sure. But I so badly want to order one of those to see what it looks like on my living room floor. <laughs> <laughs> Except that. I know if, if I did that, some, there would be some sort of uh, misstep with the police. Totally. Or like the neighbor, the, the police would come to my house instead of like the neighbor's house, and then they'd see me with 300. Well, yeah, if you ordered 298 knives, don't you think that Homeland Security gets told about that kind of a thing? That's, it's, it's really an insane amount of knives. And the broadsword? Yeah. Ooh, broad and sword. Richard the Lionheart broadsword. So the guy's voice. Yeah. The way the way to do that, that's like a Tennessee accent. Uh-huh. It's, it's long vowels. Double vowels and double syllables. So please to please to demonstrate or explain. So past isn't just past; it's past. Past. Okay. Past. All right. You so know, kind, of, kind of that sort of like so a long knives. The cool hey, to knives. to a level unseen in the past. In the past. That's closer. Okay. No, no, that's a good. That's a good so tip. Fuel. <laughs> it's just a weird sort of double 
double-syllable, double-vowel sound. The thing that I don't have here, unfortunately, and we, we'll talk to Jim Roop here in like five seconds, the thing I don't have is the knife guy when he's talking about how if you order them all, they're just 98 cent each. <laughs> all right. Thank you, my friend. Yep. There you go. Genius. Let's welcome that show from Los Angeles, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Hey, I'm, I'm See, that's fine. just one word. Have you? Uh, I grew up in the southern part of Cincinnati, right on the Kentucky border. I can talk that way. You, too. you can speak rube. <laughs> Have you seen this knife infomercial that uh, that I'm talking about? No, sir. It's a commercial that's on. They rotate it late at night. It's just called the Knife Show, and it's some it's some hick uh, and his female sidekick selling. I swear to God, 298 knives, like at once, like not separately. Uh, 298. Well, how many do you have? Uh, yeah, I have no more than 100 at any given time. 298 knives. Let me just let me play you just a little bit of the. Uh, let's see. Um, let me show you a broadsword, a three-piece dice show, high-end fixed blades. Forget all those. Even when though those are mine. You get all that and your wildlife. Forget all those. Look at the meat in the center. Uh, exactly. That's where the deal is. That's why this, this one has taken it <laughs> to a level unseen in the past. I dig that guy. Here's here's one more where they're talking about the Richard the Lionheart broadsword that they sell as part of this 298 knife set. Up top. Let's toss in. Richard the Lionheart. The big broadsword, Richard the Lionheart. Now the sword itself is a two ninety nine value. The gold edition, Richard the Lionheart. I mean, done look at that coat of arms. I know. Two ninety nine. He really goes for it here. Sword tonight. It's ninety eight cents in the set. Now, that will come with wall plaque for display purposes, featuring a frost Absolutely. etch and a coat of arms going down the blade, beautifully done. And tonight, you will get this item, a $299 item, yeah. for 288 bucks, <laughs> and then get 294 additional pieces to go along with it. Exactly. Who needs 298 of anything? <laughs> I could use $298. <laughs> I mean, the, the and at one point they're showing, like, the camera pulls way back. Look at all the 298 knives. And, it, and it's just, I mean, it's like from one end of the studio to the other. Each one of them come in a box. <laughs> you can put your name on it. Exactly. Put your friend's name on it. <laughs> put my name on it. It's the, Here's the other great thing is that it's part of the package. If, if you ever see this on TV, you have to watch it. Maybe while you're, you know, maybe maybe maybe, maybe drinking a few. The if you watch this, they're selling. I, and I would give anything to have this part, and I, and I don't, unfortunately. They, at one point, they go from selling the Richard the Lionheart broadsword, and then, then like ten seconds later, they're selling a, a knife, and the whole selling point is that it has Dale Earnhardt's face on the side of it. And I mean, my thing is, do you know anybody who would want? Both of those things. I mean, I know some people who would like, a, 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 like a Richard the Lionheart, like it, like Renfair sword. I know some guys that would like a Dale Earnhardt NASCAR knife. I don't know anybody that wants both of those things. That's <laughs> yeah, crossing totally. interest. Two different kind of collectors, that, you know. That's that's two different target markets, right? I there. just like the volume that he's selling them at. I mean, because you know, the, <laughs> you know, you can stab somebody, leave it in them. You got two hundred ninety-seven more. <laughs> 
ran away. Ain't no fingerprints on it. And at many, many, many intervals, he discusses how if if you, Sheila, if you are, see, I'm getting it the more I do it. Sheila, if you were to break this down, you are looking at paying just 98 cent a knife. <laughs> Jesus, it's like it's the best thing I've ever seen. I it's I should have burned it to DVD and saved it so so I can play it at parties. There was it's, a guy when I was a kid, Cash Ambergy. Cash Ambergy. Cash Ambergy was his name. He he sold tractors. And he always had his wife Mary Lou in the commercial, mm -hmm. and she was just sitting on a tractor. I mean, she didn't say a word, but it was like Cash Ambergy, the old country boy from South Lebanon, Ohio, with my Mary Lou. The camera would pan <laughs> over to Mary Lou; she'd be sitting on a tractor. I'm here to say, yeah, tractor. I mean, it was like just like it was right in between the scary movies. Oh, it's those guys are great, and I mean, they're all you know, and that is a truly. I mean, I don't know if they have that in other countries. I think that that might be a truly American thing. Like oh the, gosh, yeah. they're sort of Cal Worthingtons of the world. And my dog, Spot. That's right, Cal, Cal Worthington. He's still around, Still buddy. alive, living still, in Orange still County. Still making commercials. Living the high life. Although he's not using animals in his commercials anymore. No, he probably got that smacked around a little bit for that. <laughs> and then there was, what's his name? Uh, Crazy Eddie. Uh, back east. Crazy Eddie was, a, I think, a, a New Jersey guy, New York guy. And yeah. he, Crazy Eddie was the guy. He would do all the stunts like going on TV in a diaper or something or in a straight jacket. And he was the first guy, because now it's a cliche, but he was the first guy to do the... Um, uh, to do the uh, our prices are so low they're insane and he would he was all sweaty and bug eyed and like looking like he was gonna you're gonna have a seizure on camera and I think at one point actually got committed for something because he went crazy. Oh, next time you're out here, you got to watch for Crazy Gideon. Crazy Same Gideon. Same type of guy, but he's got some real thick accent. You can't... Crazy Gideon! I mean, just shouting about his $9 DVD! $9 DVD! You know, it's just, it's just you know, one of those downtown stores, and, you know, that you walk in and everything's plastic and cost a buck, you know? And he sell you, plasma, plasma screen, $200! Plasma yeah, Crazy Gideon! I mean, the guy's just insane. you got to see it, man. I, I got to try and record it for you because you'll just go nuts with this dude. You can't understand anything. Crazy! And on his TV commercials, he's always got. Now, now, this is a guy who sells audio video stuff. There's always a nurse in a skippy nurse outfit coming out of the, <laughs> carrying him out in a straitjacket. You know, because he's so great. I got to record that. I got to. Ah, got to do that. I got to start rolling tape every day. That's sort of the Sabado Higante school. Oh, of, um, I love that. I don't understand a word is, but I watch that. Thing. Oh, Sabado Higante. Yeah, oh beautiful. no, that's the best show. That's the best show on TV. Um, it's, I remember I, I, uh, I was in Mexico at one point and in some like street market or whatever, like a little, you know, like a flea market type thing. And I'm walking through and this is back when I had, I had real long hair and they're, they're, and of course, if you, they, if you're in a place like that, they look at you and they scope you out top to bottom, head to toe to see what you look like or what you're wearing. And based on that, I think they figure out like in a snap, like what they can sell to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah. if you're walking along with like Nikes on, there's going to be a guy with shoes and he's going to be like, you want Nike shoe? I got Nike shoe right here. You know? And so I'm, and I had real long hair and i'll never forget this i just as i'm walking along this guy who's like selling some sort of cheesy airbrushed like concert shirts i'm walking by with my hand he goes you bon jovi america rock and roll hell yeah that was it you bon you american bon jovi hell yeah rock and roll they ended on hell yeah that was you bon jovi american rock and roll hell yeah like it was like he had it down to just a flow you know what i mean so uh, i love those guys seriously there's 
Capitalism rules. I'm telling you. All right. If you, I mean, you can hawk anything if you hawk it right. Yeah, Even two hundred ninety-eight nine. Which brings us to our good friend Joe Francis. Oh man, boy, you want to talk about a guy that is? I mean, that that is the uh, that is the American dream gone north and then south again. Yeah. Uh, so Joe, uh, Girls Gone Wild founder Joe Francis. He's the guy who created, God bless him, Girls Gone Wild, which really is. That's a guy with a dream and a credit card and a camera. Yeah. Uh, hey, you, you're drunk. Will you show me your cans? Great. Sign this release. Uh, and then he sells it. And so now what is where, What is the deal with him now? Is he in prison still? No, no, no. No. Well, yeah, he's 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 in L.A. facing uh, charges, um, uh, tax evasion. There was, I think he's on probation from that thing in Miami. Uh, where um, this uh, is the underage, the alleged yeah, underage, the, yeah, thing? the underage thing, uh, child abuse and prostitution charges. Uh. He was he uh, he was in jail for eleven months, I think, on that. And so now, so the, the, so he's free on bond. He's in jail, so now he's out of bond. But now they're trying to hit him. This is what they always get everybody with. So they can't get anything else. It's always tax evasion. Right? Oh, yeah. they, they will find some tax you should have paid and didn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the charges are. I think it's two counts of income tax evasion. Um, I think they say he took $20 million in bogus business expenses on his company's corporate income tax returns yeah. for, I think, 2002, 2003. And then um, also he deducted or he uh, transferred $15 million from some offshore account uh, to a California brokerage account. And in, in the name of a Cayman Island company. See, here's that what I never understand about these guys. We were talking about Lou Pearlman the other day. He was the guy who created the Backstreet Boys and Sync, And now he's in jail, and he owes, get this, he owes $125 million in interest on $300 million principal. Wow. And so my thing is, you know, whatever one thinks of Joe Francis and the skeezy nature of his business, I mean, he was a legitimate businessman in a, in a sort of way. I never understand with these guys why it's not enough to just make tens of millions hand over fist. Like, why you got to like, it's like stealing the silver. You know what I mean? You're making $50 million a year. Why do you got to be doing all this cooking the books on the side? Yeah, man, make, keep the government happy. Yeah. Give them their money, they'll leave double. you alone. They're not going to ask. Pay more taxes than you owe. You know, if I had $100 million, I'd be happy to give them 20 Yeah, you know, if the, you know what? If you make $100 million a year and the government says you owe 20 pay 25 There you go. Yeah, here you are. Just, yeah, just to keep them off. Something your, pretty. Yeah, pay twenty-five and then hire an accountant to check your accountant. I mean, I never understood. Hey, by the way, you'll be happy to know this. So you said that, and immediately, I just got like fifty emails from people who were like, "Crazy, get in!" Oh, uh, they know the guy. They, here's a YouTube video. I haven't screened this. Oh man. Let me hear. This purports to be one of his commercials. Sure enough, he's in a straight jacket with a nurse. Hold on. I wasn't kidding you, man. And at the end, he's in a straitjacket, and there's some big-bosomed nurse in, like, a miniskirt taking him out. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful country. And at the end, he just devolves into just... Right here. That's fantastic. 
There's I'm looking on YouTube and there are like dozens of crazy Gideon. Oh spots. man, I love the guy. Well, then I don't have to worry about recording it now. No, that's uh, th thank you for the heads up. Yeah, I just got so many emails. People are like Roop rules, crazy Gideon. Yeah, <laughs> your listeners. Are... Bon Jovi, rock and roll, American. Ooh, <laughs> hell yeah. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. <sighs> what a busy segment this has been. All right, my friend. <laughs> Big plans for your afternoon. No, I'm exhausted now. Thank you very much. All right. You go home. You have beer. You drink and relax. I'm going to go find a big, busted, mini-skirted nurse. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go find. That's why we love you, sir. Have a little vodka along with that. God bless you, Jim Roop. <laughs> en enjoy your day, my friend. Thank you, boss. There you go. Jim Roop, Los Angeles, rock and roll. Wow. Jesus. This show's exhausting sometimes. Oh, God. <laughs> Hi, Tim. <laughs> Hello. Do you remember Crazy Gideon? I do. Ah, oh, it's fantastic. He has a store on Hollywood Boulevard across from the Chinese Theater. Really? Yeah. Uh, this video is fantastic. He's just, you watch it, it's such low production values, and he's just screaming into the camera. Uh -huh. And it's like him shaking a PlayStation at the camera, and he's putting his face right into the lens and going, And he's just sort of going, what that? Okay, what? So I guess I'll buy it with that, whatever. Oh, all right. <laughs> this guy totally nailed it. He says the he says the knife salesman is is like a grown up Bobby Hill. That's completely accurate. The dad, I don't want a broadsword, a three piece dice show, high end fix plays. Forget all those. Even when though you those are all that and your wildlife. Forget all those. Look at the meat in the center. Uh, it's completely Bobby Hill. The deal is. That's why this, this one has taken it. <laughs> To a level unseen in the The best part is how he waits for her to learn her place and shut up right there. You can tell the, don't interrupt me. Sheila, don't make me show you the back of my hand. Here's Tim Ryan. Let's do one more and then we'll break. Beachgoers sunbathe beside the bodies of dead gypsy children. Yes, these children lie under towels on an Italian beach while merrymakers carried on unfazed, enjoying the sun. The two were not related. They're among four children who went to the beach to beg, and their deaths highlight Italy's dramatic problem with gypsy youngsters. The bodies were left on the beach for hours before they were collected, just covered by a beach towel, where people just continued to sunbathe and play football. It was very surreal. The authorities say they took pictures, and you can see the holidaymakers who appear to be more upset at the fact that their view of the beach had been obstructed. There are an estimated 160,000 gypsies across Italy, often living in appalling conditions with little basic sanitation. New photos show Britney Spears grabbing a lighter and a pack of Marlboros from the hands of her curious young son, Sean. Wow, really? The photos snapped by the photo agency X-17 also saw, show a slimmed-down spear smoking in a red bikini outside her Beverly Hills home in front of Sean, who is almost three. Give Mommy her smokes back. Uh, Last week, Spears and her ex-husband, Kevin Federline, reached a settlement that reportedly allows Federline to retain sole custody of Sean and Jaden, who is almost two, while Spears will have regular monitored visitation. Visitation can increase as long as she continues to be under the uh, uh, charge of her dad, apparently. The singer has been criticized for several instances for poor parenting. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. More, more from...
I just want to say everything like the nice guy now. More from Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, later on, Byron Beck will join us in the studio. Uh, we'll talk more to Richie Bristol and uh, so forth and things. Oh, I have a 70s question for you, Tim, when we get back. Stay there. Here's Axel Rose and Alice Cooper. Don't go anywhere. Hello, it's the Rick Everson Radio Program. So, not that anybody really cares about this. I think we mentioned this yesterday. So, this weekend, Sarah will be in Bremerton for a high school reunion. And it's you and Tanea and a guy. Is that the deal? Well, I think my friend Tanea is going to come. She had said that she was going to, and then I haven't spoken to her in, like, I don't know, probably like a few weeks. I think you quit too quickly abandoned the idea of going back with a camera crew pretending there's a reality show about no, you. No, no, I don't think I've abandoned it <laughs> too quickly. Sam, I think I'm not going to do that's it. That's genius. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Richie will be in Las Vegas, and then I'll be in Kennewick. And then you said that, would you say that, that my new vice is going to be in Bremerton? Yeah, how insane is that? And so then, they're going to be there playing at this place uh, called The Winterland, which is actually owned by one of my friends. And... Um, yeah, every time I walk in there, I know like all like all the bartenders from like high school or like when I would come back for during the summers with my fake ID in college. Totally like, weird. Uh, and then does, Apis- does all this mean I'm going to be here alone? No, well in Portland. Oh, not here in the studio. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, Tim. Just, it's yeah, going to be four way. hours of you. Uh, no, and then and then Appetite for Deception, who are from Portland, uh, featuring uh, some folks from Emerson Starship. So they're going to be at in Kennewick this Saturday. So while you are in Bremerton probably seeing a Portland band play, I will be in Kennewick seeing a Portland band play. Because, like, really, what else is there to do? So, All right, so That's exactly it. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to the reunion for a while, then I'm going to get bored, and then I'm going to be tired of looking at people's baby pictures or whatever. Totally. So I'm going to want to go out. That's the thing. And, like, once you've like in Kennewick, once you've gone to the mall, I mean, that's pretty much it. There's, it's, there's really nothing from there. Don't be shocked when your former classmates look as old as your parents. Yeah. No, that's true. That You know, and, you know when I went to the George Michael concert, these people are my age. They yeah. look like my grandparents. No. They, and then the, these people are going to be, live to be 100. Oh, you think so? No. They're dragging themselves <laughs> around like walruses already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like rolling their way to the nacho bar. <laughs> they couldn't get them to sit down because they couldn't squeeze into the seat. Go to the nacho bar and just baby boomers sunning themselves on the rocks. Oh, you're going to miss the encore. Oh, by the way, they brought back the rolling concession stand at my neighborhood theater again after it tipped over the last time. Oh, yeah, well, the people don't want to get out of their seats anymore. They they bring you your big vat of popcorn while you're sitting there. You saw Wally, right? Yes, I did. The freaking masterpiece. Can I just tell you this? Uh, I've heard from more than one person that says that, who said that they were at a theater filled with fat people. <laughs> and they said that when they, that whole sequence, when they go onto the ship and it's just big tubs of lard like floating around, I had a guy who's like, He's like, you know, he's like, I'm not in, like, the best shape of anybody on the planet, but he's, I'm fairly slender. He said, I was in a theater full of big fat asses when Wally played. He said, I was the only one laughing in the theater at the fat people. The other fat people in the theater with me didn't seem to find it very amusing. So, um, I think they've, uh, they've started to do that in a lot of theaters. But what's that, fat-ass American? Don't want to stand? Let's bring you some grease. And uh, they do. And they do, Tim. They make sure you get a vat of something. <laughs> Bring you just a tub. What would you like? Uh, would you like more? You're looking for more of a tub or a trough, sir? Tub. Very good then. All right. Would you like some? Uh, would you like some beer to go with that? So, well, you, you need no longer stand to have uh, your desires served, Tim. Uh, so this is a question for you, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, this subject is high concept topic, and I don't know whether it is or not, but uh, I figure you're the man to help. Uh, this is from Mark. He says, I don't know if you'd call this high concept, but my wife and I are throwing a 
70s disco birthday party this weekend, Rick. And we were wondering if the listeners could help us drop a list of classic 70s foods and recipes. He says, we basically only have fondue so far, so any help would be appreciated. So I think the fondue was the classic 70s thing. Is that the everything de- was fondue. The definitive people 70s ended up getting dish. Third degree burns when they're supposed to be having fun. They dropped everything in there. A big can of sterno. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like oh my wedding ring. It's, ah! <laughs> Just suffering. And there's nothing. And here's the great thing about fondue is that everything you are fonduing is high in oil, like chocolate and cheese, which means that once it hit your, hits your skin, it's staying there forever. Yeah. Have you ever burn yourself with melted cheese? Oh, well, that'll burn right through to your bones. It's yeah. like alien. It's like alien acid blood. I mean, going through the deck of the Nostromo. I mean, you or melted chocolate. You burn yourself with melted chocolate. That's a visit to the burn ward right there. That's because there's no because if you get anything that is oily melted on your skin, you you can't get rid of it. It's not like you can sort of flip your arm around and like you know. It's not like dropping a potato on your arm. I mean, you kind of go. And if you try, God forbid, God forbid, in, in like home ec class once. I was melting some chocolate, and you get it not boiling, but simmering, and then something happened, some sort of, you know, whatever, I'm an idiot, and I went, boom, and I spilled some melted chocolate under my arm, and so what do you immediately do? You take your free hand and go, wait, let me wipe it off, and then, so then you just have an arm, and then your other hand, just burning, so fondue is a, that's a universally lethal dish. Oh, the other thing is, microwaving things that have no business being microwaved, everyone in the 70s got a microwave, and I remember people buying these little, like, Personal microwave pizzas that yeah. look like a, a, a wet dishcloth when they took them out and shoved them into their mouth. That's I remember our first microwave and thinking, and to be fair, I mean in my own defense, I was like twelve, so not really having a notion of what should be microwaved and what did Totone's pizza. <laughs> shove it right in, comes out as like a puddle. Yeah, uh, and people ate them. And yeah, they were doing something terrific. I remember trying to microwave s'mores when I was a kid, which is a bad idea because the marshmallows just go. And they go to the size of like a, like a car, uh, and then it explodes on the inside of the microwave, and then you have exploded, solidified like stalactites of marshmallow inside your microwave that will never come out. So, uh, well, let's do some uh, let's do some news here. Uh, but in the meantime, if you would like to weigh in on this, I guess sort of a mini high concept topic. Uh, we are looking for classic '70s foods and recipes, and so I think for the purposes of this discussion, it would be things that either came to prominence. Foods and recipes that came to prominence in the foods and uh, foods and recipes that came to prominence in the seventies, or more ideally, a food or recipe that really you only think of in terms of the seventies. In other words, I don't think it would be something classic that you still eat today. I think it would be something that you look back and you go, "God damn, in the seventies, we sure ate a lot of like blank, whatever." So uh, it's five oh three, and that is to help listener Mark who is doing a 70s disco party this weekend uh, for a birthday. It's 503-733-2970. This is Tim Riley. And now, now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Edge of bankruptcy. Ford Motor Company claims it's at least five years away from turning out electrical cars. Didn't they say that five years ago and, and the five years before that and, and five years and before also that? in 1960? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Ford would like to have a battery that lasts 150,000 miles or 10 years. Why don't they just subcontract it out to the Japanese? They seem to be able to get things done. Meanwhile, GM, also on the uh, verge of bankruptcy, is sticking to its plan to sell the Chevy Volt in 2010. You plug this thing in, and I guess it goes for about 20 miles, and they say it lasts the, for the average commuter of I, a small town. I guess it, the, here's, the th- here's the reason why this just sort of, uh, they're never going to do it. No, I mean, 
And the Japanese are going to come in and kick their asses again like they did in the 70s. Yes, they are, Tim. And here's the thing. It's like I can already feel like the sort of frustrated anger just immediately fatigue, like sapping my will to live. Because here's the thing. I'm not just saying this like we're Americans. I'm saying like, you know, the smart people are everywhere. Every country has smart people and nerds and geeks and guys who can do schematics and use a slide rule, right? That They're everywhere. So, like, just freaking do it. Quit telling us you're going to make a goddamned electric car. Just do it and sell it. And this is not directed at any car company in particular, just at the car industry everywhere, worldwide. I find it difficult to believe that, you know, can I just make a, a comparison which may seem rash, but really when you think about it, it's totally appropriate. In 1962, is that when Kennedy made the man on the moon by the end of the decade? Yeah. 1962. Uh, I was, I'm watching this great documentary called In the Shadow of the Moon. Have you seen that? It's really great. It's a documentary produced by Ron Howard about the space, about the space program. Anyway, but the, the guy points out that Kennedy's thing about going to the moon, that the genius of it was its simplicity. He, where Kennedy, in his famous speech, where he said, you know, he's talking about the, you know, American advancement, and he was so simple, he was so simple about it. He stood on the floor there in front of Congress, and he said, and therefore I propose that we send a man to the moon and return him safely to Earth you know, by the end of the decade. I mean, there's like two sentences. He said, send a man to the moon, return him safely to Earth, end of the decade. Like, that was it. He said some stuff before that and after that. But that was the challenge. Like, two lines. And people went, okay. And like, it was just so simple. So, and that was like seven years later that we did it. So, if we can put a freaking man on the goddamned moon and bring him back with less than seven years' notice... I mean, and that was, you know, putting a guy on the moon. If we can do that, then I don't understand why we just can't go, look, we're going to have an electric car in five years. Get your asses together and get it done. I mean, it just seems like stuff they don't really want to do. They no. just don't want to do it. No. So I just, And then I get these horrible, like, who killed the electric car Tucker man in his dream flashbacks, where I just became filled with rage about the whole thing. All right. Here's Tim Riley. You know, I, I just thought of another 70s food. Little pizzas made on rye bread. The, those little bite-sized oh, bread. like the little the little tiny uh, spinal tap bread. Well, well, yeah. yeah, back east it was pepperidge farm bread, <laughs> and they they would be cooked in an oven. Yeah, is that see? That's a thing I don't think we had. Uh, I don't think that made it all the way or, up to Canada. Or English muffins. We had that. We okay. had English English muffin pizza. Well, that's seventies. Oh, that really is a seventies yeah. thing. The English muffin pizza. Mm -hmm. uh, you're listening to KCMB Portland. Let's let's get a call here just to set the tone for what we're looking for, and then we'll do some more news. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. We're looking for quintessentially seventies foods or recipes. What about quiche? That was kind of a seventies. Totally. Thing. Yeah. And uh, do you remember, sir? The uh, do you remember, sir? The, the name of the famous book that came out referencing that food? Real men don't eat quiche. There you go. Uh, quiche, which is a sort of just like a, it's like an egg sort of casserole thing. Oh, I love quiche. I mean, it's really not half bad. No, no, quiche is great, but the, the yeah. problem is quiche was sort of tarnished yeah. by that book, and because there was this whole thing in the 70s about, you know, the sort of Phil Donahue effect, where there was this sort of men getting in touch with their feelings or whatever, uh, right. and so there was this whole sort of, you know, backlash where real men don't have feelings, and they shoot things, and they don't eat quiche, and so quiche because of that book, got such a bad name for a long time. But you're right, it's not bad. You know what? And cooking up a big thing of, like, eggs and meat in a pan, that is fundamentally manly. I mean, it really is. There's nothing wrong with quiche. Best show ever. Thank, Thank you, my friend. There oh, by go. the way, Pop-Tarts were invented in the 70s. That's not true. They were in the 60s, I, I thought. I think they were 60s. I think it was 70s. Really? And there were other brands. There were there were Toast and Pop-Ups, which yeah. I don't think they make anymore. No. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. They made Kellogg's. Well, and they made... Uh, 
They made a, a um, like Pillsbury, I think, but I think it was just called Toaster Strudel, which is actually not bad. Uh, do you know the plural of, uh, do you know the singular of Pop-Tarts is Pop-Tarts? Yes. According to Kellogg's, a, if, you, if you have a package of two and you eat one, the thing you have left is a Pop-Tarts. Weird. That's like how the plural of Chad, like a hanging Chad in a ballot, the plural of Chad is Chad. Bone and I really D-bone like mean the same strudels. thing. I see them a lot when I was Toaster strudels are not bad they at all. They come with their own little packet of the frosting. Yeah. Oh. Favorite Pop-Tart flavor. Go. Blueberry. I like strawberry with the white, um, like, sprinkle frosting with on top. The, That's it, with the frosting. Yep. Strawberry with frosting. Blueberry, not bad at all. I, the judges would also accept those, like, cinnamon chocolatey ones. Here's Tim Riley. Another stack with Screaming Yellow Zonkers. <gasps> Sorry, McRib is so back. Screaming Yellow Zonkers. Yes. That's why you're the best, Tim Riley. Those are fantastic. And you want to talk about a thing that's so obviously stoner food. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the front, sir, have you had Screaming Yellow Zonkers? I don't even know what those are. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, um, yeah, it's like, uh, uh it's fiddle fiddle without so many Cracker Jack. It's like, it's like, uh, it's yeah, like it's Cracker Jack, but it's yellow because it's like a, um, it's not caramel. It's like a sort of. And more of like a candy coating. Okay. But uh, there's called Screaming Yellow Zonkers, and it's like Cracker Jack, but it's not brown. It's yellow. It's got more of like a, um, uh, I don't know, more of like a butterscotchy kind of flavor to it. Uh, but it comes in, a, you know, comes in a big box, like a big Cracker Jack box. And on the front, it's so obviously marketed at stoners. On the front is just a bunch of guys, presumably the Zonkers in question. It's a bunch of guys rolling around on the ground, clutching their stomachs, laughing. And it's like just this really sweet, crunchy, tasty, munchy food. And on the front are a bunch of guys rolling on the ground in hysterical laughter. It's for stoners. And my mom. It's for stoners and Rick's mom because my mom, that was her sort of guilt food. My mom typically ate very healthily. She you know, she was not a big fan of junk food or processed sugar, but my mom's weakness, her big indulgence, was a box of Screaming Yellow Zonkers. Screaming Yellow Zonkers. I haven't thought about those forever. Well done, Tim Riley. Here is Tim Riley with more of that news. He does so well. Time for Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, now I want some screaming yellow zonkers. I bet they have at the Plaid Pantry even now. You think? I bet if I had to go to the Plaid Pantry right now, they got screaming yellow zonkers. They're fantastic. They're so good. They're like poppycock. If you've had that too. I did on the show one. It's like that. No nuts though. I think it's just the popcorn. Oh, zonker. Zonker. Here's Tim Riley. TiVo Plants introduced a new feature to its popular DVRs. That allow you to buy products on screen directly from Amazon when they're shown on various TV shows. How cool is that? The ultimate form of product placement. Tivo hopes that the new venture will not only help the company offer new ways for users to interact with their DVRs, but also help shed its reputation among broadcasters for devaluing their advertising by enabling users to skip ads. Which they do, which I do. Teaming up with Tivo enables TV advertisers to break free of traditional shopping channel limitations and reach a specific targeted audience, regardless of uh, which network or TV show they're watching. A teaming up with TiVo is a great way to engage consumers during a television program with a direct connection to the product being sold. But how great is that? But see, that's the thing about television advertising, is it's just going to have to, they're going to have to integrate it more fully. That they, means Oprah's going to sell more books. That's it. They just, they, I, but I mean, it, it, the working the products into the shows, I know a lot of people f- think that that's horrible or awful. And I mean, 
And I really but it's don't. always been there. It's always been there. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, product placement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. have this idea somehow that product placement is a, is a new thing. Now take an advertising class and you can see how it's in everything, everywhere. Well, and Jesus, as you Remember know. Remember cigarettes? Totally. In the old comedy shows in the 50s, and they stop in the middle and have do a, a monologue about a cigarette that they were smoking. And that radio book, Raised on Radio, Gerald Nackman, uh, which you can get at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. Uh, what was the thing you whispered? What? What? Huh? Huh? What? Oh. Oh, I get it. I'm just saying. I get what you're doing. Wow, you see what I did there. Oh, wow, that's a good um, second. But, you know, he talks about how it used to be. People People have this idea, just these, these empty-headed nitwits have this idea that somehow the media is becoming saturated by everything. But it used to be back, Even in, more. back in the day that it was like, it would be, what are you listening to? Well, I'm going to be listening to the Jell-O Jack Benny Hour, or whatever the hell it was, the Texaco Star Theater. Mm-hmm. Um where the actual name of the program, because people say, well, it's unconscionable that the, you know, that the uh, the forum is now the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Well, I mean, they would have things like the Winston Lights Comedy Hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that was 70 years ago. Uh, so it's actually gotten a lot better in terms of that. But they're going to have to start integrating in an eye for one. Welcome our new advertising overlords, because I would be, I would love to have that ability, which it sounds like I will have, to watch TV and a guy on screen's got a cool pair of shoes. If I can press a button on my on my remote that like aim it at the shoes, bye. Can you imagine how much we'll start spending on things if we can do that? You bet. I mean that's you know that's what that's what America's all about. Buying things. Yes. There's your geek watch. That's your geek watch. All right. Do you have to go prepare news? Yeah, I should. You're listening to KCMD Portland. Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Tim Riley returns at the bottom of the hour with uh, more news for us. Well, let's take some of these calls, shall we? Tim, what time is Byron coming in? I don't know. Hey, Richie, if you're from Byron. Well, then, okay, thanks. Uh, well, he'll be in the sun point. Uh, let's see. Um, well, let's just do some of these calls. Here. I wish I could help out more with the 70s food, but unfortunately, I was okay. not born. You know what? I was I, I was born in 73, so I only have like seven years of 70s knowledge. Okay. Um, uh, so the, the question is, we have this a listener uh, who is throwing a 70s disco party this weekend, wants to know quintessentially 70s foods or recipes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. This is Jesse. Uh, hello, sir. A uh, couple of different things. Um, 70s food. Uh, tang. Tang. These food sticks. Yeah, that's and a lot, some of that stuff is sort of held over from the Apollo program, and you know, sort of became a '60s, '70s. That's there's a fascinating book called, which you can get at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, called uh, "Better Than Homemade," and it's all about the in in the in the '60s and in the '70s how there was all of this sort of space age food that was not natural at all because mm-hmm. because food filled with chemicals. They we, we went through this weird phase as a country where we thought that that was better and more healthful for you. Yes, and I also found I just sent all three of you a link for uh, you can still purchase uh, space food sticks. By the way, space food sticks are it's like a weird it, it's a, it's a it's an early forerunner of the rest of the protein bars that you find are energy bars. And it's like a food substance, like it's some of this yeah. weird amorphous mix of you know you know what it is. It's like a stick version of RoboCop's rudimentary paste that he has correct. to eat. Excellent. Um, something else, uh, Sarah, if you are listening, um, if you get bored at your uh, your reunion. You can also go to the uh, Whaling Days Parade on Saturday. Oh, I know. County. Yeah, that's where. That's actually the first. I'm missing the first um, thing that all the classmates are doing because everyone's meeting at the beer garden on Friday. What is Whaling, Whaling Day? Whaling Days is just like a a, a yearly <laughs> Bremerton a drunk fest. festival. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's their it's their town thing. My girlfriend will be giving out uh, uh, 
uh, magnets if you'd like. You can go get one from her. Unfortunately, I, so. I believe I shall be missing whaling days this year because okay. it's my friend's uh, housewarming party on Friday. Now is Saturday morning. It, now is this the is whaling days the biggest event of the year it in sure Bremerton? It is. It is the uh, everyone's out on their boats and beer drinking well, it, and. Well, yeah, it, you know, it's like Newburgh's old fashioned festival, uh, Robin Hood days in Sherwood. It's you know the Robin Hood days in Sherwood thing. Yeah. Um, yes, and uh, something else. I also have purchased knives from that knife guy. Nah, from that guy. From from that television from that show? show. Yes, that that incarnation. That TV show has been on for over ten years. That's fantastic. And uh, and it's actually on Friday and Saturday nights. You can catch it. It's called Cutlery Corner. And uh, yeah, I've. But, Here's so. the thing. The next time you call up, I should do this. I should call that, that number uh, when the knife guy is on. And I should actually say that, I look, I will buy everything. I will buy all 298 knives, uh-huh. but I demand to talk to that guy. You've okay. got to put him uh, on the phone. That's true, but you need to do this. Uh, my girlfriend and I watch it religiously because if you catch it on a good night, you'll see that they all have, like, gashes and cuts on their fingers and arms. <laughs> I kid you not. We were watching it one night, and, uh, dude, what is, it, what is his name? Tom. He had this big-ass bandage on his forearm, and then uh, the woman, Sheila, she got on it. She was pointing stuff out, and you knew they, they do that close-in shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the little rotating turntable. She was reaching in to turn stuff, and she's got the... the Bandages the uh, the band-aids all over her fingers. That is so great. That's like that's like Julia Child at the beginning of the cooking hour and Julia Child at the end of the cooking hour. Oh my! It is it's so awesome. I mean, it's really I mean it's a religious thing that we do whenever you know we sit down Friday night. Okay, call three corners on and we switch between that and uh, the deadliest catch. <laughs> Good for God, God bless you. So it's menace and knives everywhere you go. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. There you go. Oh, thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Oh, I seem to have cut myself down to the bone. Uh, let's do a few more of these, and then we'll welcome uh, Byron back from the Willamette Week to the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, Rick. What's up? Hey, I'm calling about recipes from the 70s. Yes, sir. This is kind of a high concept unto itself. The fetishization of Colorado that overtook the Northwest in the 70s, the three-pronged attack involved John Denver Records, Gorp, and hard-to-get Coors Beer. And let us also not forget the catalog from Pueblo, Colorado, 80119. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Uh, somebody <laughs> also suggested Jello Molds. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, what's happening? What's up? Well, I was wondering if uh, cocaine counted as a food. Well, I do think that if they're going to be doing anything like this, somebody at, somebody has to be like wearing the little spoon around their neck, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. I'd agree. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We'll do two more here. Hi, what's up? Oh, you know, not much. This is Salvez. Hello. Hi. Hey, um, I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm from Milton Freewater, which isn't too far away from where you're from, Rick. But uh, Google's peanut butter. Google's peanut butter. It came in like a half-sized jar, and it had these – I remember because as a kid, I loved the jar because it, it had these crazy eyes on it. But it was pre-mixed, so you could get cinnamon sugar and peanut butter. You could get jelly and peanut butter. You could get all these really weird – Wow. Uh, that's, that, that's one of those American foods that sounds simultaneously great and then just sort of like stomach churning at the same time. Oh, I went through so many jars. Uh, <laughs> this, here's the thing, though, because my parents were sort of like uh, not health freaks, but, I mean, they were very into healthy eating. We, of course, had to have the Adams uh, peanut butter, which is just sort of like bereft of any kind of sugar, uh, which, you know, of course, at the time as a kid, you're sort of angry about it. Like, why am I getting this crappy peanut butter? But then as a result, you realize that it's actually, like, real peanut butter as to, like, whatever, opposed to whatever crap Annette Funicello was uh, pimping on TV at that point. So, <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right. Woof. All right, there you go. Uh, is Byron shoving his nipples against the glass? Yes, he was. Um, to be fair, nipple. 
nipple. No, it's not like the pillow of nipple is nipple. All right. right. Are we welcoming now? Um, All right, let's see if I can... um... Byron, you've been a special music. We have an intro theme for you. That one. Put you on the microphone, the fourth. No, third. Wait, fourth. Does he not have headphones? Hey, Richie, can we... Richie, can we get some headphones for Byron Beck? Does Richie not answer anymore? He's too busy calling Sam Adams. Oh, wait, here we go. <laughs> Seriously. He's busy drunk dialing the mayor-elect. I heard all about that. So. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So what late night bar did he get his number from? I'm sorry? <laughs> that was Byron Beck who said that, yes, by the way. Are we on the air? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, my God. Hi. Should I, Should I bleep that? <laughs> oh, oh uh, sorry, Sam. I just know you too well. Wow. Are we on the air right now? Hi, guys. Byron Beck, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic. <laughs> All right, there you go. Well, I feel like i got to keep the music going here until you get your headphones. Okay. All right. It's so quiet, okay. I can barely hear right, the gloriousness. Oh, is it? Thank you for being Yes, it is. Oh, you know, it's still getting died. I know. I know. No. Uh, we love that show. Is this going to be backing vocal? Yeah, well, it's a karaoke version. This is going to be your new intro music, sir. I love this song. I mean, I hated it when I was that age, but now I love it as an older man. Now, why did you hate it at that age? Just because I think it was I wasn't square out. sounding? I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with my sexuality. You know, it's hard to imagine uh, you ever being not out. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just you're just so comfortable in your own skin. As I kind of feel the same way about you, but... <laughs> Wait, let me... There we go. I didn't have the crickets handy. All right. <laughs> hey, what cologne are you wearing, Byron? I'm wearing uh, Kiehl's Musk. All right. Uh, you know, have I asked you this before? Have we already talked about your cologne? No, but I think we sm- talked about sometime, one time I smelled kind of like... Kiehl's Musk. Men's nether regions. I, I'm almost certain we never had that conversation, <laughs> did, for the love did. of God. You All think, right. so Rick told you, you smell like men's nether regions? Why would I ever have said that, Sarah? Let's, let's be know. honest. Let's have a moment of bonding here. Does that sound like a thing that I would ever say? You, know, you say a lot of things that can be taken out of context. Maybe you did say something along those lines. I'm not the only he one. He did a really big... <laughs> and then he said that. Are you sure? Was I sort of a squat Asian man when I did it? Because I can see somebody in this building saying that. <laughs> All right. Well, you mean uh, your best friend? Um, well, your, I'm just... Your broke back buddy? I'm just saying that there are... Uh, there are things and observations that come from Richie Bristol that at this point should catch us off guard and... You know, should not catch us off guard and get due. He's just full of surprises every day. He really uh, is. He's really getting that mangina thing going. And I don't know whether... Hold on. Hey, Richie, are you wearing a thong today? Unfortunately, no. All right. Richie's, uh, Richie's got a, a woman's thong. Richie's a little bit of a cross-dresser. A little bit? A little bit. Meaning he's like, progressed a lot since the last time you were on the oh show. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, yeah. like, like, you know, he's, like, he's obviously not dressed as a woman today. But but we've seen him recently dressed as a woman. Not half bad, I might add. I mean, he really he sort of makes it work in a sort of hearsuit kind of way. Is he able to push the moves up? Uh, well, to be fair, the dress we saw him in was the wrong size. Yeah, he had, uh, the, that one of them was kind of a bustierish. Yeah, type he had thing. like there was this one where it was like a like a fire engine red vinyl dress with like a lace up front, and it was there was some he needed to trust. Did he? Does he uh, tuck? Do you mean when he's dressed as a woman? Yeah. Richie, when you're dressed as a woman, do you talk? Duct tape. <laughs> okay, he got tape. Duct tape. Duct tape. Duct tape. Oh my God! That oh yeah. That kind of painty. Yeah. yeah. Well, and maybe, so maybe he's into he had, that sort of a thing. And so he would need to shave down there, and then. He, Actually, he was looking for a waxer yesterday. Let's, and let's tread carefully through these yeah. next few moments. Uh, but we should say that it, 
Well, Byron, you're here. So, here, so Richie, uh, Richie, what was the advice you were wanting from Sarah yesterday that she was unable to give? Where can we go to get a dope wax? <laughs> Byron, do you have any recommendations for him? Uh, yeah, wax on, uh, wax on, wax off. What is that? Uh, wax on Broadway or wax on Broadway? Is that Clay? a real name? Of, is there a place called Wax on, Wax off? Yeah. They, that uh, is fantastic. They're the wacky waxers. <laughs> the wacky waxers. That, that is righteous. Okay, heavy sigh. Well, all right. Now he's going to Richie's going to Vegas uh, this weekend, and he's here's the thing: is that somebody asked me. Uh, in fact, I think several people have said asked yeah. you, and we have we have put it to Richie directly. We've said, are you know, he said, you know, have you ever felt? We said, you know, are you are you gay in some repressed way? Are you how how do you feel about your own? And I think we've agreed that Richie is very. Like, there's no filter there. I think he would, he would, you know, he would confess to whatever. I mean, he would sort of admit, you know, whatever was going on in his head. And I think the thing about Richie is he's just sort of hypersexual. Like, you get the feeling he'd kind of get it on with a chair. Like, you know, at the right... Have you, know, you got it on with a chair? If you find the right chair, right? I was, you know, it's all about... It's all about the right, the right kind of naga hide, I would imagine. Yes, yes. Uh, but so he's going to Vegas this weekend. And among the things he's going to be doing in Vegas is he's going to be uh, visiting a brothel while he's there. Mm. So he's like, trying to get his... Uh, it is smooth on, I think, before he uh, before he heads down there. So they speak. don't call it transistor radio for anything. He's vibrant back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Hey, so I missed it, but you were on with Carl Click this morning. Was that you? I was. I was. I was. Right. I was. Because so, it's uh, at that time of year, and it is happening tomorrow. It is our biggest issue of the year. It's Willamette Week's Best of Portland, and um, I'm here for a reason. I'm here. Uh, I wish I had a drum roll. Do we have a timpani? Wait, hold on. I think. Uh, do I, did I lose the drum roll too, or do I still have that? Hold on a second. Well, see, I'm, you're, you're, you're losing, I'm losing momentum. You're losing momentum. I'm starting to get. Wait, uh, I have something here. Wait, is this the drum roll? Uh, no, no. That would right. be good in that situation. <laughs> Why do we? Fit? So uh, on that uh, note, uh, Rick Emerson, you won something. Because I think you slept enough with enough of your listeners that you've finally been voted best radio host. Excellent. Let's hear it for me. Here's your here's your certificate. Hey everybody, come check out how great I am. Uh, well, I believe that you know something we're I, doing. Is we're doing right. So I was supposed to have it framed, but the lady was supposed to frame it, took it home, and just got it to me like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, guy, which is so Rick Emerson to happen. Like I'm like literally running out of the office. Give it to me. So it says uh, the Willamette Week uh, readers have spoken, declared Rick Emerson. That would be me. Uh, best radio host. Thank you for all you do to help make Portland a better place in which to live, work, and play. Excellent use of the serial or Oxford comma, I might add. <laughs> uh, signed, Richard H. Meeker, uh, publisher. Well, that's cool. That is really, really great. I, I, you know what's funny, though? Uh, it's like a few weeks ago, I get this email from Rick about, you know, how's that best of... Portland poll coming along, yes. and I thought, you know, could I be needier? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you're probably going to win because you have all these. And when you read it tomorrow, you'll notice everyone you like wins too. <laughs> well, like, now, yeah, uh, we can say. I mean, he, he, Carl Click got best of Portland as best TV anchor. Well, Carl oh, Click does mornings at four o'clock in the morning, so. Who's really up to see him at that point? I mean, I mean so, that, that would be voting in this. But isn't he a regular contributor yes, and is. somebody who comes on the show a lot? Yes, he is. And so could it be possible that maybe you swept all the categories purely with your friends? Well, here's here's the thing, and I, and I mean this sincerely, so we should give it up to the audience, uh, to the listeners who, who voted for us. So, that is, so as we always say, uh, you know, uh, without the listeners, I'm just some guy rattling pencils in a tin cup downtown and screeching. So um, so, so that's, it really is. This is today. We're all winners. 
me more so than you, but all of us to one degree or another, so, mainly me. So, but Rick, but, Rick, I have to ask you this question. Go ahead. Okay, go but ahead. I was just going to say, so here's, so because I am a neurotic attention whore, I had, and I think like a lot of us, you just prepare for desperate failure and shame all the time. Like you want to sort of just diffuse it. So I had emailed... Because on the website, it was really confusing oh, on the whatever. website. Listen, it said, listen to winners will be announced June 11th. Sarah? No, it Sarah? Conf- it Sarah? Yeah, it, it said winners will be announced oh, June 11th. A, we call that a typo. Yeah, and so... And that's what I told him, too. I'm like, it's a typo. They're like, but this is false. Why haven't I heard? And so I emailed As if he expected to hear. And I was just like, so, any word on that contest? I mean, I just want to know if I should prepare my victory speech. I'm just kidding, of course. It wasn't that, actually. It wasn't that at all. It was more like, I'm really worried people don't like me, and I really need to be validated in a way that no one else can. And... um. It's Rick, and hopefully you'll just get back to me when you have a chance. Did he call you or email you? He emailed me, but it was just so... Was just grovelly? I tried to cover up my, uh, my desperation. Say, and, and it's a weird thing, because these things are weird, right? Because people vote for you, and everybody hates me, so I'd be... Ver- That's not true. No, it's true. It's true. Honest to God, read the blog. Um, everybody hates me. But if I had to say one thing... I you didn't say honest to blog. Uh, I, I, I would never say that. Uh how does this make you feel? Uh, I would say that it. Uh, I would say that it merely uh, it merely confirms what we have long known, uh, which is that our audience is uh, is both tech savvy, devoted, and has lots and lots and lots of spare time. But I wasn't asking you about your readers. I was asking about you. How does this make you feel? Well, I would. You know, my shrink appointment isn't until next week, and my medication appointment isn't until this afternoon. But. That being said, I'll dive right into it. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I think that you do this. Have you done this every year, like forever? The best of Portland. How long is the best of Portland? Here, here's the weird thing about this year's best of Portland. This year's best of Portland is different than any other's best of Portland because we really let the readers take charge. That's what I'm saying. You know what it is? This is, this is the people's show. That's why. This is a show for the people, Byron. You always talk about the people, but I'm trying to talk about you. It's a show for the man. I would give a shout out maybe to Sarah because she helps you uh, an awful lot here for a little money. And then some of the other people named, like, isn't there a guy named Tim? There is Tim. There is also Richie. And so, Thank you, Richie. I guess he's gone. <laughs> what? Nothing. Huh? Well, I, the reason I was going to ask is I was going to say it is cool because because this show has been on. This is now the tenth year uh, that we've been on in Portland. If you uh, and you win things all the time, right? Spades, well, see, but no, see, you have you won you anything? Ever? No. I well, I mean, I don't know, Sarah. You've been, I mean, you've been with for a long time. Have we what have we have we won anything? I mean, I'm not trying to be I artificially think Sarah humble. Wins, like, Sarah wins like yeah, t-shirt contests. Yeah, t-shirt contests. I think we won the barfly. We won the barfly thing last year. Yeah, I won for drinking buddy, and you won for most, most likely to be famous or whatever, which and clearly is coming through. But I don't think. I mean, I'm not trying to be like woe is woe is me, but I, I just don't think. I think we have been. For a long time, and maybe it's not true anymore, maybe it is, I don't know. Uh, but I think we've been sort of a, a cult show for a long time. An occult show? An occult show. Uh, I think at, at Fisher, that was, or at Intercom, one of those places, their, their tagline for us was, he's an edgy Gen X motormouth with a loyal cult following. Ooh. So I think for a long time it was a little bit, it was kind of an under the radar kind of a thing. So this. So, so thank you for helping us get out of Seriously, I, I don't. Over I, the radar. To be honest, I mean, just for the moment of honesty, I don't think we've ever won anything that's like a mainstream award ever. So now people can really hate you. That's what I'm saying. Um, okay. Now so I can be the show of... that they used to like years ago when it was cool before it got all mainstream. Now, will you call your mom after this show? Um, 
Do you want me to? I mean, will you? Will you tell your yes. parents that you won this award? I will call my mom this afternoon and tell her. Okay. And will you come to the party tomorrow? Uh, yes, Sarah's making me come. I mean, yes, absolutely. I oh, will, I go absolutely. every year. No, I've never been nominated. I went, it's a good I went party, last right? year and I wasn't even nominated it for anything. It is a fun, fun, fun party. Usually it's fight. great people watching and everyone's like lots of snotty, like well-to-do, like, oh, I write for this or I talk about this. Yeah, it, and everyone's all dressed to the nines, some of them more so than others, and lots of fake boobs. I Last year it was you and your friend Heather. Heather was there, yes? Yeah, and Chris came too. Uh, and Chris, and then I was there feeling uh, like a tool like I always do. Uh, and I sort of stood there and shuffled from foot to foot nervously. For like five minutes and left, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know. and You're oh, not going to do that And there was year. like a loud brass band in like a small confined space. And I think you were screaming into a microphone really drunk at one point. I, I, I tend to do that. Yes. There will be an hour tomorrow night where I will just start screaming and I won't stop until the end of the evening. So what time is this is this happening tomorrow? It starts right after work. It goes till 10 o'clock. Hopefully the cops won't shut us down. If you want to go, I guess I could extend it to maybe two listeners because it is VIPs only like Rick, like the mayor. Like the mayor guy oh. who wanted to be mayor. There, it, 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 like the, the mayor weirdest, that Richie drunk dialed earlier yeah, today. It is the weirdest mix of people you will ever see in Portland. There will be Penny Lane. There will be Storm Large. There will be all sorts of different people that um, come to our party because they like us and we like them. So just in case I was like there was any chance that I was going to feel cool, there's going to be a whole bunch of people next to whom I will feel like a... Uh, like like the least cool guy. So I guess if you wanted to pick two of your favorite listeners, maybe three. I'll put that on Rick. Yes. Seriously, <laughs> I uh, that who just, like it, you and voted for you a million times. That uh, seems that seems like a bad idea. But <laughs> if you then you let the Sarah know and Sarah let me know. If you if obviously if you don't want to do that. Well, we the won't. only re the only reason I was asking is because I guess it's like it's like a private shindig thing or whatever. The only reason I was asking is just because I didn't because last year it started kind of early in the day, didn't it? No, no, no. Please, um, it starts around six ish and. Uh, I think it's, it starts at around five or six, and it goes till ten. We'll have a mechanical bull. Well, really? how, well, how can I not go? Are you going to wear panties this year? Oh my God, Byron! See, you see, see, that's what I'm saying. You see what I have to deal with. Are you going to ride the mechanical bull? Without panties. Um, moving on. Hey, so uh, and if the answer is no, I understand. Uh, are you able to tell? Are you able to tell the this, this, the the thing about us and the other show? Uh, what other show? You mean the, your friends? Yes. The and friends the, who were runner-ups? The Yeah. Can do you? Sure. I'm going on at 8 o'clock on All our right, show. Do you, you present them with their runner-up. Okay, but do you want to you tell about the brief shining moment during which they, they thought they won? <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. I haven't told the story. Okay, uh, you tell the story. Okay, so well, I, I only really know it because I, I heard a version of it from you and from Court and Fatboy. So... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Court and Fatboy at Rock 101, KUFO, uh, 7 to Midnight, uh, good friends and compatriots across the hall. So, uh, I guess as the voting, because their audience is, you know, we, we have a lot of crossover. We share a lot of, you know, a lot of listeners to those guys, a lot of listeners to us or listeners to them and vice versa. And, you know, they're very sort of, uh, you know, tech savvy again. And, uh, and I, I guess at one point it was sort of close, like it was, they were in the lead and then we were in the lead. And then yeah, it was, it was awesome. really weird. Back and forth and whatever. And... I guess the story I heard is that at the Dark Knight screening that you went to, apparently you turned around at some point during the evening and goes, by no, the way. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, wait, wait. Gordon Tepo, you won. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it was It was the afternoon screening. You know, there was only like seven of us for uh, Dark Knight. Right. And every it was just after this, you know, amazing movie and in, in uh, I, IMAX. And we're coming out of there, and we're all stunned what we have just seen. And I went up to Court and Fatboy and said, you won. Why did you say that? Because I thought they won. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had gotten uh, a certificate it, it handed on my desk of all the winners and the ones they wanted me to present. And it said, Court and Fatboy. So I just assumed they won. And then I realized when I was driving back, we were driving back from Bridgeport, which right. is way out there. And I realized maybe they didn't win. Maybe. Because why else would I have the Rick Emerson one? Oh, my God. I did the wrong thing. So, and so, this, so did you call them or did you – how did you – how did you break the news to them? That I mean, how did you, how did? Oh, it's a long, complicated story, which will involve me doing things I don't really do outside of my relationship. All right. So are you gonna? Are you, but you will be. Will you be telling the story on the air with Court and Fabo tonight? A version. All right. So uh, what time will you be on there tonight? Uh, I think I'm on at eight. But do they really have a show? I mean, yeah. Well, they're not puppets. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, isn't it's it not all, done with, have an isn't it all music have... and then we kind of scream in the middle? It's yes. not done with CGI. But no, they, like you they do a... all show and no music. Don't well, they have all music they... and little show? Well, they, I mean, they they split it between uh, between uh, the rocking and the talking. As was they used to was say. Uh, Leslie in here earlier? I don't really know. She was on my butt. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that sticking to your ass earlier, but I figured it was like some sort of designer I label. It was intentional. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought Leslie was like a brand of pants or something maybe it that was you were your wearing. Name. So, uh, all right. So when does the the issue comes out uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow it hits the stands. Tomorrow, it's 125 to basically uh, readers' best with about 75 of our own best that we picked, just like we always done. But I really, you know, I'm gonna say this once. I think you really deserved it, and. Um, I'll never say it again. All right. Well, thank. Well, I mean, and and uh, and we should say quite quite sincerely so that it is because I know it's a thing that the, the you know that the readers vote on and listeners or whatever. So I mean, it's like I mean I think you know we the we, army. I mean, we, Rick's army. I mean, we certainly mentioned it, but I mean, it's not like we went to people's houses and made them vote. So I mean, the fact that people did, did, actually took the time to go online or to fill out a thing or to vote whatever. I mean, it does. It is very cool because we have, and this is going to be our our tenth year in the air. And I'm not saying it's like I'm so unappreciated. It's just that. I think that this is the first sort of mainstream thing that we ever have won. So. You owe them all a visa. Seriously. All right. So, uh, all right. Byron Beck, ladies and gentlemen, the new issue comes out uh, tomorrow. Best of Portland, Willamette Week. Uh, thank you, my friend. Thank uh, you. Keels Musk is the name of your cologne. Keels, do you like Keels? I can get you I some. like it. Here's the thing is I don't wear a lot of cologne uh, just because, you know, you work in an office and you, people are allergic and you want to be that guy. But every now and again, uh, I will, and I'm always kind of looking for, like, a good, because I can never really find one I like. With I a like shorty robe. Lot. It looks good. It goes well with a shorty robe. When I'm sashaying around in a kimono. Yes. All right. We just have to make sure we don't go to the same parties then because that would just be awkward. <laughs> that would. All right. Byron back, ladies and gentlemen. Back after this with Tim Riley. Stay there. Your call's next. Yeah, I tried to do a... Uh, I tried to put together a creepy daddy songs top five, but now I can't even remember why. Why were we were playing that Please Daddy Don't song yesterday. Oh, Daddy Please Don't, it wasn't his fault. Yeah. Uh, so this morning I was trying to put together creepy daddy songs, and the only one I could find was uh, Daddy Please Don't Get Drunk on Christmas by John Denver. That's it. So. By John Denver. By John Denver. You know that song? I know the song, but I didn't know John Denver did it. That's the version I know. Who did it originally? Some country. Artist. Some guy. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Like is the three Michael Mara show uh, at seven. So our thanks to uh, Byron Beck. Best of Portland uh, issue comes out uh, tomorrow. So excited! So. It's very cool. And our I mean, name is never in the paper ever, unless we're getting fired. No, and I it's really a local radio station. <laughs> that is the only time my name has appeared in the paper 
ever. And, uh, got fired. and it's been the same paper twice, the Tribune. <laughs> where they just pulled up the old firing article. Yes. Uh, let's see. Where's the last time Tim Riley got fired? That's great. Let's just use that. Uh, so, yeah. So it, and, and obviously, it, it, it should go without saying, but I'll, I'll, sp I'll point this out sort of specifically, that obviously today here in this room we're all we're all winners equally tim and sarah and richie it's just the category then i think the name of the category is radio host if not radio which is why it just says it's rick emerson but obviously it's the rick emerson show that's so, fine we're, we're not rick emerson. look as long as lars we're didn't win that's what we, <laughs> as long as it wasn't lars we'll just totally act like it's our award too seriously you should just like scroll in and sarah uh so and the rest and and the and the rest. Uh, we should totally put together like a video intro for the show that's just like or it's like the Stillwater thing. We'll have a tower yes. swirling around. We're all <laughs> in the shadows. Totally. The big Rick I'm just the out of focus guy. They're looking over your shoulder. <sighs> Anywho. We so yeah, Byron had like a like a, a name tag stuck to his ass that said Leslie. This is the weirdest thing. I love Byron, but boy, that guy's just cut from a different cloth. I mean, really altogether. I'm sure he's happy to hear that you love him. <laughs> and his cologne. And I think he's I'm sure I think he's gonna present you with your award tomorrow too, yes. so it'll be much groping. That'll be great. And and so and, and, and especially he'll be uncensored then at that, at that point. And, and drunk. Also, and I should also say that despite Byron's observation earlier on, uh, that I could do well, you just bring two listeners. The idea of like having to select two listeners out of the many dozens who are listening right now to do that, that that just seems like a road to disaster. So, and here's the thing. And plus, if I don't take my wife, she'll obviously cut my head off and well, set me on fire. She'll want to be by your side yes. after all these years. She'll want to be there as I'm groped by Byron. She'll want to see it firsthand. Uh, Maybe so, she can bring uh, her buddy also for the other one uh, who's looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah, that'd be great if Lara can bring <laughs> in her friends along. I love Lara's friends. I get along uh, splendidly with all of them. We have so much to talk about, and they're great people. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much for that. Why don't you just give me a nice lemon cut, uh, paper juice, or lemon juice in it? Uh, the, and, and so, uh, anyway, so then you come back tomorrow, and you can hear him uh, on Court and Fatboy at the night at 8 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, no. from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oh, my. John Edwards has been caught visiting his mistress in secret love child. Are you kidding? It happened at 2.40 this morning in the Los Angeles Hotel, and they've been caught by the National Enquirer. The ma married ex-senator, whose wife continues to battle cancer, met with his mistress, according to the Enquirer, Blonde de Borsay Riel Hunter at the Beverly Hilton. Hunter. And the National Enquirer was there. He didn't leave until early the next morning. Real had driven to Los Angeles from Santa Barbara with a male friend for the rendezvous. The former senator attended a press conference Monday afternoon with the L.A. mayor on the topic of how to combat homelessness. But a months-long National Enquirer investigation has yielded him, uh, information that Real and Edwards had arranged to secretly meet afterwards. You know, mm. that, that phrase, love child, is really weird, too. What, what does that even mean? Does that just mean bastard? I love bastard? that song, love child. love child. Does love child just mean bastard? Yes. I mean, that's the thing, right? A love child is with someone to whom you are not married. Correct. Uh, if you're a love child, you are just a bastard. I mean, that's just that's just a, that, that's just the way to... That is, that's newspeak is what that is. So, And I would be willing to bet that a vast number of those children are not loved nearly as much as that name would make it out to seem. That's just my speculation. Well, apparently this woman had reserved rooms 246 and 252 under the name of a friend. Is she hot? Happy to hear from San I don't have her picture here. Let's see here. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking. And now, don't forget, uh, this week we will be talking to uh, uh, National Enquirer uh, writer uh, Dorothy. Oh, no. No, no, no. She, no, she's she not all that. I mean, maybe it's a bad photo of her. She is from Santa Barbara. Uh, she's a little... Um, 
I don't know. She, you know I'm looking at a picture of the woman right here. Uh, this woman, uh, this John Edwards alleged uh, mistress and mother of his alleged love child, according to the National Enquirer. You know what she looks like? I mean, she's sort of like, she looks like the sort of cougar uh, age woman that's holding it together with everything that Mary Kay uh, cosmetics and, uh, and and liposuction can give her. But at any moment, the seams are about to pop. Yeah. I mean, she, you know what I mean? She's not a bad looking woman, but you can tell that she's digging in her heels and trying to hold back the onslaught of time. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of years for everything sort of, uh, everything kind of falls apart. Do you remember the Diana Ross song, Love Child? No. I love that song. No, I don't. Really? I know. It's a fantastic By Diana song. Ross? Yeah. Really? My I played on one of those 6.7K hits. Is that true? Yeah. A proud part of the CBS radio family. Can I tell you what, what, what they were playing on K hits this morning? And it's one of those songs that is so kind of hokey at this point, you're not supposed to. Like, you should hate it, but but you just don't, at least for me. They were playing Norman Greenbaum's uh, Spirit in the Sky. Oh, I remember that song. With the original, not one of the, you know, which I, did he originate, did he write that song, or is he the original performer? Yes. Uh, but, you know, they were playing uh, Spirit in the Skies. I was in the Plaid Pantry today, and I was thinking about, you know, that song is so overused. It's been so played to death. It's been in a billion movies. Uh, every every movie that takes place, every movie that has anything to do with outer space, for one thing, has to have Spirit in the Sky playing. I think it was also in Remember the Titans for reasons that sort of pass understanding. But I was listening to it, and I think, like, God damn, this is a great song. And you know what? It's hokey, it's cheesy, it's corny. I'm probably supposed to hate it, but I just don't. So everybody can just uh, suck that. It's, uh, it's no a fine song. No, quit looking at me. We're not fighting you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll Forget for all that. It's the Richard the Lionheart knife. Jesus. Crazy. Doesn't it sound like that guy is just like one moment away from snapping? Yes. Uh, well, in fact, here we go. Here's an email. Rick, about the knife guy. I think the best thing about the volume and accent of the knife salesman is that with the way he speaks, it's very easy to imagine him going off the deep end and spouting all kinds of crazy things. I can very easily hear his voice shouting, Don't you think it'd be great to stab your enemies with the Richard the Lionheart and then finish him off with the Dale Earnhardt? At night, I like to light fires and run away after watching the property burn. I can actually hear him saying that in my head with almost no difficulty. Thank you, uh, Chris. Here's Tim Riley. What else are you hearing? Wait, hold on. It's just a dog's voice. And it's singling out people who have to be removed during the Great Purification. Wait. I'm getting some specific names now. Really? All right. Okay. Done. Shrink appointment this afternoon, by the way. 4.30. Here's Tim Riley. I'm all done for now. Really? I have Love Child who can play that in the break. I want to hear Love Child. Would you like I to? Too. Now, were you were you listening earlier when? Because uh, Tim uh, is very busy tomorrow, and of course will not be uh, attending. And I feel like a jerk now for going for, to the Willamette. We think. See, I feel like that. I feel like that. Like Dick, who's going to a private party that people can't go to. See, now I have. That's where my. See, this is why I'm never. My, so I'm never happy. So. Uh, if I, of course I know I, as soon as you're talking about it, I'm like, why are you telling people? Well, because I didn't know it was a private I event. I had no idea until you guys said it. It's a private shindig. So, of course, if it's I... Not just pri- it's not private. It's just like, whatever. There'll be like a lot of media people there and stuff. It's not some big snobby like thing. So if we hadn't... If it's like it's like a trilateral committee. <laughs> so if I hadn't won... I know, because Byron keeps talking about the... Yes, if you hadn't won, no, you wouldn't know if we it. If we hadn't won the uh, the award, obviously, then I would have been bummed out. But now... But I just find out when it is, and I'd usually just show up every year uninvited. Yeah. Well, there. see, there you go. So why not? But so, you're, you're one of the local social butterflies, so you're easily. That's true. You can just bat your eyelashes, and they sort of let you in anywhere. No, I just kind of try and sneak around the name tag table. Well, see, and then you, go for the free beer. Tim noted that he wasn't going to be going tomorrow, but that, I'm, and I'm quoting now. This is what Tim said. Tim goes, "I'm not going to be going tomorrow, but Richie can just put on my name tag." 
Right. And I actually clarify that with you. Like, are, are you, you really? Yeah, who's going to know what I look like, really? But, I mean, are you really sure that you want Richie Bristol wearing something that identifies him as being Tim Riley? Sure. No one's going to remember five years from now. Okay, mug shots are forever, Tim. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Right, Police say that this man, can't you picture this on the news? And, and at the appropriate moment in your head, cut to a mug shot of Richie Bristol. He's still going to have the, the name tag on? Police say this man, Tim Riley, was caught with his pants down, exposing himself to passersby and dousing himself with ketchup. While humping a girl on a honeymoon. And then it's like a picture of Richie Bristol wearing a thing that says, Tim Riley, on the front. How much damage could he possibly do? <laughs> Are you just giving us like sitcom setup lines where all of a sudden we go like, and it's tomorrow, and it's like Richie being hosed off at the county jail? Jesus. All right. Are you done for now, Tim? I am. You're preparing more news for the people, though. Yes, I have to go back to my, my uh, glassy case. All right. Let's get a couple of these over this Diana Ross, then we'll uh, take a break. We'll come back. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, all the way through Lycus. Hello, sir. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Let me be the first to congratulate you. Thank you, my friend. Hey, I have a 70s food. Yes, sir. Taco salad. Taco salad is very 70s. You're absolutely right about that. Did that just emerge? Did everybody have like a collective consciousness where they decide to crumble everything up into one bowl? Completely that. And let's not forget uh, like California dip. It was like an onion soup thing and then like potato chips crumbled up into it. Anything with ranch dressing. Totally. All right, right, man. Congratulations again, bud. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. We'll take a break. Back after this. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Oh, I know this song. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, back from vacation. All right, final call of the day. Please don't suck. Sir, madam, as the case may be, hello. Hey, Rick, congratulations on uh, getting voted in there. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, I just, uh, I know you'll be too modest about it, so I just wanted to say, uh, in your face, everybody who's not an Emerson listener, yeah! Thank you, sir. And he's out. All right. That was nice. It is really exciting. I can't believe we're actually being recognized by the one week. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I, we just. I feel uh, like we're a real know. radio show. That's that's my. I feel like we've been doing like college radio. Now it's kind of like, hey, look, we're here. Yeah. Now the long downward slide begins. I'm kind of nervous about what Byron would have written about the show. Though. If yeah, well, I mean, uh, we find out tomorrow morning. I haven't seen it. So, uh, well, that is really cool. So again, so in all sincerity, honestly, uh, from all of us here, uh, thanks to everybody who listened, who voted, who went online, who filled out the thing. It really does does mean a lot. So Thank you. It really, really does. It really does. I mean, there's a reason that they keep bringing us back when we're fired, and that's because of y'all. So thank you so much. It does mean a lot. Um, uh, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins and James Roop, as well as Byron Beck from the Willamette Week. Uh, pick up the new issue tomorrow featuring the best of Portland and hear him tonight on the Court and Fatboy Show at 8 o'clock, Rock Ooh. 101, KUFO. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, the talker of the newsroom at Tim Riley. And the phone's Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering Brian Jones, and of course CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F with me, Reynolds. Like us next, Michael Mayer's show at 7. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. What's up for snakes? See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Yo!